Hey guys, I'm really excited to announce that after 21 short episodes, we have our first sponsor. It's a locally owned and operated nonprofit video rental store called Film is Truth. They have a collection of over 19,000 films in VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. So no matter what platform you watch on, you can find the film you're looking for. They have a little bit of everything, but specialize in foreign, independent, art house, and documentary films, which is super cool because they likely have a selection that you won't be able to find in larger stores or even on some of the larger streaming platforms. This is great for filmmakers especially because you should have a wide background of films to pull from in your own filmmaking. Here at Back to Back Films, we are all about expanding not only our own knowledge, but the knowledge of our listeners, viewing films that we normally wouldn't watch, so this is a really special partnership for us. Film is Truth is open from noon to 9 p.m. every day and can be found here in Bellingham at 1530 Cornwall Avenue, inside the Terra Organica Market. That's convenient for you because you can get your food and your films in one stop. If you are a non-local listener, then you can find them at filmistruth.com or at facebook.com at filmistruth. All right, everyone. Enjoy the show. This week's episode of the Back to Back Films podcast. This week we're covering Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Uh, as always, we recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing before listening to the episode. Seriously, I'm your host. Sorry. You, well, you should really, because yeah, especially uh, for especially these two movies. Yeah, for sure. Plus, one's new, so like, don't really. You know, like, it's not yeah. like an old movie that's like would be kind of hard to watch. It's like it's a fucking new movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah new. it's a new movie. It's really good. Like, come on. Yeah. Should watch it. Do it. Uh, I'm your host Keith, and uh, and rate us five stars. And <laughs> yeah, I'm totally interested. Watch the, the movie show and then right when you're done with the movie, go to go to the podcast app on iTunes. Look up back to back films. Put in five stars. In the review box, say you guys are amazing, and that's yeah. all you got to do. Or just say Jake is amazing. You know, pause pause the podcast now and then do it now before you see the movie. Oh, there <laughs> just you do go. It now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Why and if we, you say if you say Jacob sucks, then we know that you were listening. So yeah, if you say <laughs> if you sucks. say the secret password Jacob sucks, I'll come by your house and, and <laughs> do some favors, oh and he'll start his coming God. out a little bit sooner. Yeah, well, uh, yep. Now you have to leave that intro in the episode, so that'll be awkward for my grandparents. Probably. Oh my God! <laughs> Which I'm sure they don't. I'm sure they don't um, either. Yeah, I'm your host Keith. This is Byron. And I'm Jake. If you haven't figured out, you know, that's Jacob, since he likes to say his yeah. name a lot. The one uh, who kept interrupting the intro, that was, that was yeah. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so, uh, updates. What are we looking at? Any, I, I got a, I got a couple. Um, I, uh, you get one. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I need ten minutes to decide which one. Uh, fuck. Um, okay, so uh, I, as you guys know, I work in advertising um, as an editor, um, and I am in talks to be on retainer with my second agency. So I'm I'm with one now, um, and they want someone on for a new client that they have, and to work on other projects. So I might be completely booked uh for 
the foreseeable future if this thing goes through. So um, really excited about it. Should be should be a lot of fun. And fingers crossed. That's my update for that. Um, yeah, and you still got to make room for the podcast. Yeah, still of course we'll always have room for the podcast, Keith. Well, you, you know say that, but then you were gone for four <laughs> weeks, so you know. Oh my gosh, dude, wedding planning is hard. It's hard. There, like, there's just so much to it, you know. And when you get it, when you get a break, you take the break, you know. And it was, I don't think I saw very many movies when I was uh, in that funk. So I kind of missed a bunch of movies that came out, but. Back at it now. Um, anyways, <laughs> my other update is next weekend I'm making a movie for the 48-hour uh, horror film project, um, which should be a lot of fun. So should be should be rad. Got our location, got our actors, everything's like up in line. We kind of have an idea, um, but we're waiting for all the other info to before shooting. So should be sweet. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Gosh, okay. can I be like a stunt double? <laughs> uh, yeah. For yeah, I got this other guy. Um, his name is uh, A. Ryan. <laughs> and uh, he'll be the main, and you could be the backup, B. Ryan. <laughs> At least I'm not C. Ryan. That's all I care At least, about. Yeah, I know. You, oh, man. You'd be I, crying. I don't think You'd be we're, crying. we're only F inviting Ryan. him over. If, You'd be crying or frying? Yeah, yeah. crying. <laughs> crying or frying. That's good. It's better than drying, man. That guy's the worst. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> frying. Oh, good. Or trying. Oh, or trying. <laughs> trying. You're just trying. You're just trying. Just <laughs> trying too hard. Now, the best one's Orion because he's the, like, you know, he's like stellar. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, that was oh nice. my God. Yeah. A mic drop. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mic drop. Well, I, I, f I figured we had to get a little, like, you know, um, uh, celestial t with this, you know, because it's Blade Runner, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and plus we need more astronomy-based uh, uh, humor on the podcast anyway, so I'm glad someone's doing it. <laughs> is that where we're lacking? Is <laughs> astronomy-based? We're, we're listening to the listeners. That's what they want. More astronomy humor. The listeners have yeah. spoken. Well, I wonder how astronomy humor will fit in with next week's planned episode, so good yeah. luck with that. What is next week? Oh, oh, we'll figure it out. We got it. Yeah. I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't really have anything either, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we have a week to think about it, I guess. A yeah. whole week. What about updates for you guys? What's new? You got into a film festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, the film that we just finished, uh, I submitted to a couple film festivals, just ones that were... <laughs> the the, the uh, submissions were cheap. <laughs> And the they shit were like expensive somehow, fast, dude. like or I think two of them were in Canada. One is I think L.A. and then the other one is like somewhere in the Midwest or something. But the one that I just heard back from, I think, is it's like an online film film festival, and then it's it goes through that, and then if you get there's judges, and then if the judges like um like it, then they put it onto this other film festival in LA in two, nice. like, so 2018 or something like that. That's I, re I really doubt I'd get that far uh, for sure, but uh, it's kind of cool to be at least on the online 
festival for yeah. now. I've never done one before or an online festival before, so that should be interesting. I mean, generally you're competing with a lot of people to get there too. Right. So, so, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. But and then that's awesome, though. Yeah, and I think I'm going to apply for the Crypticon uh, Film Festival. What is that? It's kind of like Bleeding Ham, but it's in Seattle, um, ah. and it's a little bit bigger. You know, it's like more more horror, more. It just kind of. It's been around longer, obviously, but uh, right. I think. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. Uh, Gary has mentioned it to me before. Um, Gary Washington. I, yeah, yeah, and he he and him and Langley and and you know uh, that group um, they've they've done it. I think the last couple of years, like at least it's oh, been nice. a, I don't know if they've had films there, but they've like. You know, driven down there, and I think they produced like some like short documentary oh, okay, type interview cool. type videos Sweet. for it. Oh, but yeah, so like, oh, yeah. I, I'm curious about that, and that I think is in April. I think the deadline, the early deadline, is like this month, and then there's like three more deadlines. So, but the festival itself, I think, is in April, which is an interesting time for a horror film festival. But you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like on the opposite side of uh, yeah. what you want. Yeah. Well, we need that, That's though. Funny. Like, horror shouldn't just be like, oh, right. let's shove yeah, everything into October. Year, like, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I'd like to have a better edit, you know, for the Crypticon show. Because I'd, like, I'd probably, you know, be in attendance. So I'd like to, you know, probably refilm stuff, get a better edit, probably have, like, you know, Skinny do, like, an, a full-on, you know, score you know, stuff like that. Just have right. like a, a, a just a a more complete, you know, like like Blade Runner, right? There'll be there'll be a couple of versions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Did you guys uh, see in Blade Runner uh, the the new one uh, on his door? It said "fuck off, skinny" or "skinner." Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Door, yeah. I was like, oh skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I was skinny. It's like, man, I, I calling to, to you, Curtis. That's all you. <laughs> that was all you. That was yeah. The director doesn't like you. Um, I love. I love how they they call them skin jobs. That's such oh, an awesome yeah. slang term. Yeah, you know, that's skin great. job. Their yeah, city speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my only update is that basically, like, we did some location scouting. Oh, sweet. We went to that place that you mentioned, or uh, for you what? shot it before, for the film that I'm trying to do. Experimental film? Um, yeah. yeah. And nice. that place was cool, just, it's not a fit. Right. We didn't walk around the whole place, though, so we're going to go back and check out the whole place, but... Yeah, it just wasn't the exact fit, but right. so I think still. there's more when you know when you park and then you kind of go past those fields and there's that main group. There's more yeah. when you go, but I, I I haven't gone down there. We kind of did like the one side, so there's like another oh, okay. side to look at. But there's another part of that because that's for the North County, um, San you know the, the sanitarium or whatever it was, right? But that's the, that was the farm. But then the actual hospital is further down and it's harder to get to and it's also like not open <laughs> for the public well neither well oh you can't even get oh, near it yeah yeah break yeah, in a little bit yeah. right right but that but that's where i want to go because it yeah. looks it just looks cool you know it's a, and it's a fucking hospital like a abandoned yeah, like hospital a f- for a fucking insane asylum yeah. you know like yeah i can make a cool horror film there <clears throat> yeah um, that'd be no. sick I don't know. Like, I thought it could work. You know, I thought I could change the location, which I still am open to. But 
I don't know. I just the idea of the barn just really stuck in my head. So yeah. I'm trying to find the right barn for it. And we, I know we have to find one. I mean, I know there is. Like, there's got to. I mean, we live in an area where there has to be one that. People... Yeah, like up up in Linden. Um, do, do you know uh, the guy who does that Dark Darkness? Well, yeah, Wilson totally. Large. Wilson Large. Yeah. Do you know that guy? And we're having technical issues. Hello. <laughs> so I'm going to assume Jacob is saying something right now. But we're having internet issues again. Oh, damn it. I can hear you guys. <laughs> it's weird because I don't want to, like, talk. Hello? Hello, are you back? If you say, no, oh. we're back, yeah. yeah. Oh, weird. I can totally okay. hear you guys the whole time. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, uh, hello? Okay. Are you going to answer my question? Or you were just like, I thought you were thinking for a little bit. So I don't know what the fuck just happened. But uh, So the dude it, who does Dark Darkness, Wilson Large, yep. Yeah, yeah. He has a, uh, he used a cabin for episode, or not a cabin, a barn for episode three or two. Yeah. Um, have you looked at that one? No, but I could ask him... That one might work. I can connect you with him if you haven't talked to him. Because I, I worked with him on that project for a little bit. Oh, no, um, I've wor- I've done, like, small things for him here and there. Like, he might not remember I've me. I've seen his name, ago, but, but I have never... I've not, I'm not familiar with his work or ever worked with him. He's kind of like... I mean, Dark Darkness was kind of one of the bigger things to happen around here. He pumped a lot of cash into it, um, of his own money into it. Yeah, it's like a it's a big passion project uh, yeah. for him, and it's it's not bad. No, it's not bad if you like the like it's like a fantasy adventure. Oh, cool! Type I'll have thing. to check it out. What's uh, it called? Dark Darkness. Dark Darkness. Okay. Yeah, everything is everything is alliteration, so uh, all the titles and stuff are all alliteration. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it's, no, he it's very like D and D um, like genre. It's very genre. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Very, genre. very fantasy adventure, yeah. um, and he's. Yeah, he's known in the film community here because he's just put on that production and had yeah. to have some. I people. see him on Facebook all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a ton uh, of people have worked on that. Like everyone I know. Yeah, like really Gary Washington, I think it. Neil McLaughlin, I think all those guys. Right? Well, his big yeah. thing that he was always talking about was Garvin Eddy was a part of it, and Garvin Eddy is a uh, his one of his biggest projects or whatever or jobs was he was the production designer for that 70s show oh okay uh, so he came up from like you know southern california yeah. and however wilson got a hold of him and yeah for the last couple of episodes of his series or whatever garvin eddie did the production design for it oh wow um so really really changed the the, the quality I yeah, guess, of the sure. production yeah um, you can see you can see the shift, and it's yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, and I want to anyway, say like it, it, that barn, though. I'm pretty sure just like those people are just open to people shooting in their barn. Yeah, that's what I think. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. So that's a good. And that's a good. Call. I can send you the video that it's in if you need that info. Oh, I know. I think I know. He also wants to see all the B-roll footage, all the unused edits. He wants to see. <laughs> I actually have all that stuff still. <laughs> if you wanted it, I think I'm okay. <laughs> but he can have it. He can do his thing with his project. <laughs> I uh-huh. I'm just joking. I, I don't. I actually I don't know if I have it anymore. I think I may have. Uh, could have been his hard drive. I can't remember whose hard drive I worked off of. 
I'm sure it was his stuff, generally. Yeah, I'm sure you know. it was. I was poor. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but that's kind of the only update I have. I'm still trying to, you know, write all a bunch of write stuff still and trying to find the set, and then eventually I got to start casting. Dude, I can help and, you cast uh, yeah. if you want to. Like, you know, if, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Cool. Like, I don't have a lot, like, kind of have certain ideas in mind, but yeah. trying to find the right people for Sweet. sure. Um, but yeah, so just trying to, you know, chug on forward with that uh so is are we good on updates yeah yeah good uh oh my god all right i can't wait drum roll no that's gonna sound really terrible on the <laughs> it's gonna be like these um, yep okay designer <laughs> uh, oh hey dude in the background hey, oh up? that's my brother mason oh uh, hey dude he's trying to um I don't know. Actually, I don't know what he's trying to do. <laughs> he's trying to crash our podcast right now. Right now, he's doing a good job. <laughs> uh, okay, so our main topic this week is Blade Runner. All things Blade Runner. Blade Runner special. We're going to say Blade Runner a whole bunch, so get ready to hear Blade Runner. Blade Runner, one of the best titles ever, too. I love That's the pretty title. Pretty, pretty good title. Yeah, and honestly, the, the title's better than the movie. <laughs> the title they actually took from a novel called The Blade Runner, which is almost nothing to do with this movie. Um, right, because the, the book that this movie is based off of is called Do Androids Do- Dream of Electric Sheep? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Dick. Well, that's the first one. This, the second one is based off of... Well, it's not based off of any books because there were sequel books, but they pulled plot points from different books. Uh, like the, the birth thing and everything, you know, were pulled. Uh, but so we're going to talk about uh, the original Blade Runner first because it just makes sense to do that. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking either the final cut or director's cut uh, because as far as I know, they're f- fairly similar with some yeah. changes. Yeah. Um, well, hang on. So last time we said that there was three different cuts, right? There's three well, there's, major ones. There's actually yeah. seven cuts yeah. of this movie. Yeah, but I was going to say, do you guys know the other names of the cuts? No. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> what, are, what are they? Okay, I don't know if I can get all seven. Do okay, it. there's the there's the one that's the, and this is probably all out of order, too. <laughs> so there's one that it was like just the rough cut, right? It had a very just rough cut. The first yeah, cut. Yeah, first, first edit. First, first edit. Okay. Then there's the one. But that's not, that doesn't count, though, does it? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, was that shown to audiences? Because that's true for like every movie. Like, I know, how many right? Were released to the public to watch. I, I thought there was like five. According to Wikipedia, it says seven. Or maybe there is seven. Shit, but there's only know. like. But I, I know there's like okay, so there's like the, there's like one that was like just kind of the rough one, right? And it doesn't even have the original score. Like it just has a temp okay. score. And that one was seen. That one was shown to audiences for sure. And it didn't have a voiceover. And then there was another one that was very similar to that. Didn't it just had a temp score, I believe, and it also, but it also had the voiceover though, um, right? And it and not, not all the visual effects were done, and I even want to say um, some of the scenes still hadn't even been like some of the B roll, like some of the extra shots hadn't even been shot yet for both for both of those versions, I think. Got it. And then there's you know obviously the theatrical cut, then there's the director's cut, and then there's. Uh, the final cut, and then there's a cut that was for a festival, I think. Oh, yeah, the festival cut. Yeah. So, do you know, okay. do you know what makes that one different than the other ones? Um, I can't, I don't remember. Here, I have, I have it right here. So, it, um, it starts out with, like, this 
close up and it's like this close up of like uh like it's like a you can't really tell what it is exactly but it feels like a kind of cementy and it pulls out and there's just like a giant angel there i knew i knew and then god damn it that's it <laughs> this fucking guy dude. i fucking oh, knew he was gonna do it too as yeah. soon as he goes it's good and you don't really know what it is i'm like this fucking guy i think i'm just gonna put a big like sensor beep in every time you say angel that way people know but then we can just remove it yeah, that sounds, this sounds pretty good to me um, people will know anytime there's a bleep that means uh that means angel talk so according to Wikipedia, it says there's a work print pr- prototype version. There is a San Diego sneak preview version, the U.S. theatrical release, the international theatrical release, the U.S. broadcast version. Oh, that's the TV, TV version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why would you Which, include why that? Would you, like, that yeah. that's not that's special. every movie. Well, but they, but they, I think what they did was they censored some of the blood. They made it. They cropped it. They cut up. You know, they Big cut toned down the violence, profanity, and nudity to me, right. which is normal for any movie right, shown on right. TV, right? Then there's yeah. the director's cut, and then there's the final cut. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's. I think it's just people obsessed with counting. They just right. they want to be able to count things. So I mean, you know so tru- I, mean? I mean, so truly, there really is only really like the work print version, the theatrical version, the directors, and the final. The right. F- the top work four. print. Can you even count the work print? Version? No, I don't think you can because every movie that uh, yeah. is a big production yeah. has a work it's print. Cr- version. It's great because like I, in my on my Blu-ray collection, it, it show it, it comes with it. The work print comes. It's a version that you can watch that you can. Yeah, yeah right, it says it got they released. just put that in there just because people buy it, though. That, I, I don't that's think that's worthy of being counted. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I know I, what you mean. I've done an editing project where I went through forty-two different versions. I'm not even kidding. It, like, right, it was right, crazy. And yeah. like, I, every time we made significant changes, I added a new number to it, and uh, uh, only one got released. You know, but people also don't give two shits about that project. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah, like it's not like a beloved classic or even close. Right. I, I, I watched the work print version, and it's different because I mean it doesn't have the Vangelis score. It's, Which is, it's yeah. it, it makes a huge difference because that yeah. score is just absolutely that score incredible. is pretty integral to yeah. the movie itself. So, but yeah, but so when it comes down to it, there's really three versions that anyone really talks about: the theatrical, the directors, and the final cut. Um, and even more condensed down than that is like the theatrical cut has kind of been pushed out to the fringes and is not really what people consider to be the definitive version. Right. The definitive version is the final cut or is, is the one considered the definitive version is the yeah. final cut, uh, which according to Byron is similar to the, the director's cut. Yeah. I mean, um, the key there's like diff- a few changes. The yeah. key difference is, is that he, they added a second unicorn scene at the end of the film. Because there was only the one in, direct, in the director's cut. Oh, in the, yeah. In the final cut, he adds a quick snippet of it again later at the end. Did I miss that? What the f- I don't remember that. I'm pretty all. sure. No, because right? he's, like, recalling it. He's yeah. like, And it's almost like, it's almost not even him recalling as much as it is reminding the audience about it. Yeah. From, from what I remember. And then the second part is just, like, they re... They, you know, like, the stunt double of the lady... Uh, starts with the Z Zora or whatever her name is, the, the snake lady who gets shot through the glass. Oh like, yeah. It was like obviously a stunt lady mm. versus the real actress. So what they did was they actually had her, the actress of the, of the snake lady come in and they digitally wrapped her face around oh, the stunt weird. woman and they made it so that it was actually like her. Right. And then oh, Harrison, so it actually looks like her. Yeah. 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 So then like, and then Harrison Ford, when he's talking to one of the vendors, his mouth isn't moving. 
um, the same as what you hear hearing. So they had Harrison Ford's son come in and they, you know, did it so that his jaw was actually, you know. And then, like, at the end when the dove comes up, at, at the very end, it comes up yeah. to the like they changed the skyline and everything to make it fit more. Like this, like little like this Just little, little touch ups, touch ups. Yeah. So like the differences aren't as much. I mean, the biggest like thematic difference would really be the added gore that they just you know extended little scenes like the part where um, Rucker Hour's character is gouging the eyes out of Tyrell. Yeah. There was a little bit more blood and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, and then and the unicorn sequence, like there isn't that much, you know, difference. Yeah, it okay. seems it seems to me this is totally my opinion that there's really only two different versions. Because like to me that all those little touch ups, the, that to me that's just a touch up and not so much uh, changing yeah. the movie. Like I feel like it's the same movie, just like executed a little bit better yeah. uh, from a technical standpoint. But and, the yeah. theatrical cut, I mean, with the voiceover. That to me is a different movie altogether. I haven't yeah. even seen it, but like that's a huge difference in it's a how huge the movie difference. Like tells itself, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, totally, because it's force fed. Like seriously, his yeah. his voiceover is force feeding. Like they also changed the ending though too. Yeah, I'm sure. and the ending and is the big, ending is different, is, yeah. which is, is huge. Yeah, that's a huge change. Definitely. Yeah. So like it is completely different. I mean, it really is because all the mystery is 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 gone when you're hearing him talk about what's going on which according to harrison ford he was vehemently against and actually had to be drugged drugged to the studio kicking and screaming just to do the voiceovers <laughs> like he and was so against it. right yeah uh, which is why a lot of people just don't even consider the theatrical cut a, uh you know it's talked about but it's not considered canon like part of the canon it just kind of was you have the hardcore fans that say this is the version that i saw when i was 12 years old in theaters this is the version that i saw on tv for 20 years or 10 years after that this is the version that i remember this is the this is the version that the true version so which is you know well it's funny that you say that because it's the version that touched them you know that they felt emotionally attached to yeah Yeah. and it's it's interesting you say that because that's denis venu's opinion yeah, is he saw that version and, and for until because the final cut wasn't released until 2007, right? And then so, the director's cut wasn't released till '92, yeah. so about ten years exactly. after. Exactly. So like for a long time, that was the only Blade Runner he knew, yeah. and that's the movie that he claimed, you know, that he says he fell in love with right. and was like, you know, the thing that really transformed his like view on movies. Yeah. Um, oh, was wow. that one? So to think, that's to think about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but then he goes on to say because like. When they announced that he was going to direct, the first question he had got from everyone interviewing was like, what version are you basing this off of? And he's yeah. like, you know, I know the theatrical. I know the final cut. I know Ridley Scott says the final cut is the cut, you know, uh, which I'll get into why he says that. But, like, he says that's the definitive cut. So we're kind of, you know, it kind of took him a while. But toward uh, different interviews, he kind of was like, it's going to be mostly based off the final cut version. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whatever we pull from from there will be that version. Um, Makes so. sense because, like... If literally everyone is like the Final Cut version is the version, why the fuck would you base it off? Of, like, like from a financial standpoint, yeah. like what what is the purpose of basing it off of this random cut that no one really appreciates except the people that saw it in theaters? Which this is a cult movie, you know. This movie like tanked in the theaters. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. 
Uh, it did, uh, and I, I think I say that, yeah, upon its release, Blade Runner received lukewarm reviews and was divisive for critics. It struggled to make its money back, but like most revered films, it went on to become extremely well-liked and influential, like, later, you know? Oh. Just kind of the nature of I bet, like, all the movies. people that really loved, like, filmmaking or had an interest in it probably just always remembered it and that's yeah, why it's been totally. so influential <laughs> yeah, totally um and the other it, thing too it's is kind that of like academic it's like it has its place in film studies yeah totally yeah. academia yeah, yeah definitely. totally it's just without being movie. like film bro either no like, right yeah which is yeah. kind of weird which is um, awesome <laughs> you know, people might be surprised if you haven't seen it but they're not like oh my god you got what like what are we doing here? Like yeah. go watch Blade Runner right now. Yeah, what do you yeah. you know? Like you never heard of Blade Runner, bro? Yeah. Uh, you know that whole thing. Uh, um, oh, the other thing too is that uh, Ridley Scott was in line to make this movie at one point too. So of course he's going to base it off of the final cut version. Yeah. Uh, you know, just just naturally. Uh, but yeah, so Blade Runner was made in 1982. Again, we're talking Final Cut or Director's Cut, one of those two. I mean, essentially what we talk about will probably fall into one of those two. Uh, quick plot summary, a Blade Runner must pursue and try to terminate four replicants who stole a ship in space and have returned to Earth to find their creator. And replicants are basically androids. Or androids, exactly. Who, who just, don't know. Yeah, androids uh, that are designed to be uh, indecipherable from humans. Yeah, they're like... Initially, slaves, like work slaves, and then there were like pleasure models, and then there were like soldiers. Yeah. And then they kind of went a wall or whatever, and then now they have to track them all down. Right. Yeah. Which, <laughs> some go rogue and start killing other humans. Right. And stuff. Right. Yeah. Which. So Blade Runner is like basically a hitman for androids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't. Or bounty hunter. A bounty hunter. Is, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should bring this up because I don't know if it'll like lead to too long of a discussion. But it's one thing that kind of bothered me about the whole slave replicant thing was why would you give them knowledge and personality if all you want is slaves? Just make a goddamn robot. But there's different ones though. There's, Just like, make there's, a make a machine because like the ones in the in the in the first film are Nexus sixes, right? No, I understand. So I, I understand they that more, they make generationally different. Right. But if you want slaves, then don't give yeah. them a brain to. Th- Think, but I think like, also too, like Tyrell, he had like a god complex, right? And that comes more into the second film. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, I, yeah, I imagine the I book might mean, describe yeah. it better. But like, it's just yeah. one thing that always got me was like, just right. make them dumb. <laughs> like that's the whole thing about yeah. a Brave New World. You know, Aldous Huxley's book was like they made people purposely dumb so that they would enjoy doing menial right. tasks. Right. Yeah. Why would you make a smart thing to fucking make do menial tasks? It just is. That's like, are you an idiot? Like. Right, uh, I don't know. Like, right. I don't know. that's just one like huge, like glaring plot like hole that I was yeah. just like, what? what? But they also had limited lifespans too. At least the newer one or the older one. Yeah, that's true. But that still doesn't, but, right. you know, just justify like, yeah, just make a fucking dumb machine, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, just, I don't know. Um, anyway, the film was written by Hampton Fancher and David Peoples. Uh, basically, Fancher wrote the first draft. Uh, Scott didn't necessarily like what was happening, so Peoples, um, he had David Peoples come in to rewrite. Um, 
and eventually got to the point where uh, Ridley Scott was rewriting as they were shooting and David Peoples was like handing in rewrite drafts and he couldn't even keep up with the changes that Scott wanted to make Um, this movie is notorious for having like a really rough production like a really tense production Uh, I guess he and Harrison Ford got into it quite a bit uh, Scott was completely abrasive to the crew because he had just come from the UK, which had a completely different style of filming than the US does. Uh, so I guess there was just a lot of tension on set in this movie. All the people who look back, who worked on it, were basically just like, yeah, like, how did this get made, yeah, essentially, yeah, you know, because yeah. of uh, how tense it was. And even the two writers, Hampton Fancher and David Peoples, like, initially... Fancher was very upset that Peoples was kind of, you know, yeah. taking over his yeah. brainchild in right. a sense. And then, but then they became later, they became, you know, they became good co workers, totally. you know, together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, which is funny because uh, it's an adaptation of a book. So it, right. it, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting how a, a screenwriter or really just anyone can become attached to someone else's work and right. not claim that it's their own because obviously you can't do that but just kind of get that attachment in there you know well they do kind of claim that that's their own like the yeah. adaptation well, is like yeah. they think it's their own thing like, right. well it is but it's it's also from someone else's material you know what yeah, i mean totally, so it's, totally. it's there's a yeah yeah no i get you you got yeah. we're on the same page which <laughs> i don't Remember, so yeah, both and they, of these and they both were uh, uh, they both co-wrote with another guy, um, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I don't think Peoples was involved with that though, was he? I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't see his name, but oh, it's man. possible. I'm pretty he, sure he could have um, uh, he could have been involved in the project and have his name not on the. I mean, yeah, that's true. That, 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 yeah. How the WGA delegates their um, their credits it, it because there's so many sometimes there's 20 writers on a movie yeah but they could only have a maximum of three teams of writers um and what that means is they could have one if if you're on a writing team uh that means you can have two people so there can only be three different like um not categories like three different sets of people as in like written by story by or whatever no no just just um for for all of those oh okay so they they could have three separate credits um for written by screenplay by and story by from from three different all people all together or actually not not for written by because written by is a combination of screenplay and story um, so it, it would be screenplay and story by, and those could be six different people all together. And or then twelve because you could do writing teams as one person. And then it changes too between and and ampersand too, right? Like if it yeah, says so, so and so and with a and d, then it's like you know I can't remember which is which, but one the, connotates that they work together, and then one connotates that yeah. it was like one person and then the other person. I think yeah, if I, I'm remembering correctly, the ampersand represents a writing team. Yeah, I think that the think word right. the word and represents a different entity came in to work on it. Right. Yeah. So it looks like uh, people's didn't. No, it was like this. Michael yeah, Green. So Michael Green. Yeah. So Hampton uh, Fancher. Yeah. So in the, in 2049, what what it was was Hampton Fancher was tapped to write 2049. Because uh, you were like a novella. Yeah. So what happened was he was tapped to write it, and he was like, "I'll write it." but I want to write it in, like, a novella slash half-script form. And I guess he did that. It ended up being, like, 100 and some pages. Um, and they let him do that. He yeah. handed it off and was like, 
okay, leave me alone. Like, yeah, and that's and um, that's what Harrison Ford initially saw and was like, this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm on board. And then what happened was Ridley Scott and Michael Green took over to write it into right. a full screenplay because Ridley Scott was uh, set to direct. Then he dropped out, uh, and then obviously Denis Villeneuve yeah. uh, took over after eventually. So, yeah. um, what an excellent choice of a director to direct oh, yeah. this movie. Yeah. I mean, He's, he can direct a lot of great stuff, you know, like, uh, he did Prisoners, right? Yeah, Prisoners, Prisoners, Sicario. that was Sicario, Arrival. Arrival. He's just coming Arrival. off, that's the thing, Arrival is the one, is probably, well, Sicario, but Arrival is what gave him the opportunity to do Blade Runner. Yeah, because they, because, well, they, they had already started making it before, after he had made Arrival, I mean, Arrival hadn't even come out though in theaters. But what I'm saying, yeah, well, but, but, but yeah. I'm sure they saw like cuts. Oh, and, you yeah, know, and yeah, people yeah. were just they all talking right. to each other. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, they're all right. like, "This movie is going to be really good. Like, this director's awesome. Bring him on." Yeah, you for know? sure, for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, Plus, he's got a cool name, so how can you not? <laughs> uh, so yeah, like we said, the film is uh, directed by Ridley Scott and was shot by Jordan Cronenweth, which we've kind of covered a Cronenweth yeah. before. I yeah, can't remember which movie. I think it was Jeff though. Yeah. So his son Jeff. Connorworth has is has worked with uh, David Fincher and, and maybe that yeah um, that's what it was yeah and some other oh, you know, yeah he's, yeah you know he, he did Fight Club um, yes so that's where he we, came up that's right his gotcha. son Jeff he's, and, and Jeff Connorworth he's done he's done a lot of films I mean he you know One Hour Photo and you yeah. know a whole bunch of other yeah you know he's he's really good but you know Jordan his dad uh, killed him he set the movie. bar yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the thing about Jordan too is that uh, so he died from Parkinson's. Which he was developing uh, while this movie, while he was shooting this movie, and I guess by the end of it, he was like in a wheelchair. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people, it's been rumored or whatever that he was in a wheelchair by the end of it, um, and was you know, and it, yeah. physically incapable in certain ways, um, yeah. and. But Ridley Scott said like that he was just a trooper through the whole thing and, yeah, and nice. finished and saw it to the end, you know. Yeah, but, like, and, but the is, yeah, that, guess, is that why the lights are so fanatic? <laughs> why they're always moving around? <laughs> oh, bad joke. <laughs> well, it's crazy because like I think uh, he because that's what cinematographers he, do, right? He didn't just tell he didn't lights. tell anybody they too, lights, that he yeah. had it. I don't think it becomes kind of obvious at a certain yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, and like, I think that's what it was. I think it just became obvious, but like. I don't think, like he he didn't want people to to feel sorry for him or yeah, anything. He just did, he sense. just continued working right. on his, on this on the film, you know. Um, yeah, well, which, he did a hell of a job because like the cinematography yeah. is a huge standout for, for cinematography in this movie is really just like I mean at the top echelon yeah. of the best cinematography. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy because yeah. so like he he it's showy in a in a good way you know like, like it's really like wow you know because at the time there would there was nothing like it you know yeah, exactly. and since yeah. then i mean we grew up on films before we'd seen blade runner that were emulating it this, totally you know? exactly exactly um, so it, yeah it's just interesting i mean like the fact that he was able to you know uh completely disguise known buildings that have been in hundreds of movies like the bradbury you know yeah. hotel and stuff like that and completely disguise them and make them just super, you know, unique to this particular film is just crazy. And then the fact, like you guys, you know, you mentioned with the lighting, you know, the lighting, the, the lights in the background that are like rotating yeah. and sometimes because there's like a blimp on, flying around too, yeah, so lights yeah. are shining in windows yeah. like all over the place. And it's like, just incredible. Uh, and the uh, 
there's two techniques I want to talk about that uh, that allude to what you're talking about. Um, but just real quick, uh, the film was edited by Marsha Nakashima, and the music was by Vangelis. Uh, you know, a really well known score um, that's kind of inseparable from the movie. I think. Yeah, I definitely. More pe- like people talk about the movie and the score um, equally. I think. Yeah. Uh, it stars Harrison Ford, Rucker Howard, Sean Young, Edward James Olmos, M. Emmett Walsh, and Daryl Hannah, among you know a bunch of other people. Um, upon its release, like we said, it, it was not super good, uh, but eventually, you know, kind of. I mean, we, when we talked about Ghost in the Shell, we were referencing how it was like a Blade Runner, like it, Blade Runner was its influence essentially. Right. right um, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole the whole Without way the city was designed is Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, and apparently Philip K. Dick, what he said, um, cause so he saw Philip K. Dick died, uh, like right after the movie was like finished. Oh, wow. So he saw a, this like really special 20 minute version, uh, with like all you know, certain effects. And it was like a little more like previs, but still like, some of what they shot, yeah. I guess. Even their auditions that they did for Blade Runner had full sets yeah. that were already made that were just yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> so they, I think that's what he saw, and what he said was, that's it. That's literally the world that I was thinking in my head. You guys put it on screen. That's awesome. Uh, that's so, sweet. you know, yeah. So that's a pretty big, you know, to, to get that from the original author and then to so essentially yeah. to have his blessing. And, and he was known to hate, like, the other stuff that had yeah. been, like, exactly. uh you know, used his material, you know, were, I think even the first time blade. So the first like script that was written for blade runner before it was blade runner before this script, uh, I think someone tried to to adapt it and he, (laughs) he like had them come to his, like how, like his place or whatever. And I guess he like picked them up from the airport and, and he's quoted as saying, so, because he he hated the the script and adaptation so much, he was like, "So, do I beat you up here at the airport, or do I beat you up back in my house?" <laughs> like how much he hated it. Um, yeah, awesome. I, I've Gosh. heard that he's he, he's kind of, he's a sci fi author, dude. Those guys are like have these weird quirks. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're very peculiar about their stories and their books, and you know, protective right. of it essentially. Or yeah, um, authors authors in in general. in general. Yeah, yeah. totally. Which is why yeah, a lot of them kind of get pushed out, right? Like, right. Yeah, uh-huh. but then some of them are really, you know, J.K. Rowling. You know, she's she's badass. That's true. Yeah. Badass she's author, it. filmmaker, chick. You know, or she's you'd cool. be like, uh, what's her face, Flynn? It's like uh, Jillian Flynn or something. Who whoever wrote Gone Girl? Oh yeah, she also wrote the screenplay right, for yeah, Gone Jillian Girl. Flynn. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So you know, sometimes they're just totally involved. You know, from yeah. the get go. And Jillian Flynn, she made significant changes to Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, people were like, wow, you. You cut that out, and she's like, "Yeah, it doesn't work." <laughs> I think it, I we're think making it, a movie, like, like yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's the thing is, I think so many people get so caught up, so many writers get so caught up in like wanting to intact, keep their original vision intact. But reading and watching are two completely different so things. Different, so too. yeah, because some so things different. just don't compute like right. at all. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. I'm sure authors hear that all the time. <laughs> yeah, Which is why Stephen sure. King is kind of weird because like his so many adaptations of his books. And he like likes some and doesn't like others. And it's like, then write the screenplay for the book yourself. I know because he, he writes screenplays. He wrote uh, one of the best movies of all time. Um, the um, oh my gosh, what is that called with uh, Morgan Freeman and and um, oh uh, Shawshank the Green Redemption Mile, the Shawshank Green Mile? Redemption. And he did the Green Mile too. Right? Oh, it was a Green Mile. It might and, be Green Mile. Oh yeah, he did Green Mile too. But that was based off of his book. Yeah. 
Shawshank is that his book too? No, no. He just so wrote the screenplay. screenplay. Oh, he just wrote the screenplay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a trip. like one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, that's a trip. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, it's it's a weird thing. It's like a weird political thing between the author of a novel and adaptation. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, even the, the the people who write the adaptation get pushed out. Yeah. So the director can come in. Uh, it's it's weird. Writing in film is very touchy. Uh, and the script notes people, so John August and, and Craig Mazin, who are our professional writers, uh, you know, they know more about that than we than we do. So, like, yeah. they they're a good resource to kind of listen to if you're ever curious about that stuff because they talk about it, like, you know, how it's a it's a political game. Yeah. Writing in yeah. film is a political game, <laughs> um, and it, you know, we see this whole rise of writer directors, which is not as common before, and it's like becoming a little more common because of the accessibility of film nowadays of making a movie um but it's still like kind of a rare thing like yeah. a lot of times yeah it's still uh you know yeah it writer. seems like people are are kind of pairing together like with like writing teams yeah. you know like tim burton has his guys that he goes to for for his stuff or yeah. girls and uh it seems like people just like kind of pair together and, and stay together you know so it's like writer director teams totally yeah totally um and then obviously that's there's exceptions to that all the time um okay (laughs) and we're having connection okay here we go um so to me uh what i think is easily the most striking element to the film is the special effects uh which i'd I'd argue have aged pretty well oh yeah Um, definitely i think in a way, I like I like them better than like visual effects today. Really, yeah. a lot of time because it just it makes you feel like it's real. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, totally. I don't know how to explain. No, that, totally. But. Um, and because there is essentially no CGI in it. Yeah, really. yeah. Uh, if there is, it's very very minimal. But yeah. it's almost entirely practical. And stuff. it's only there for the 2007 direct or final cut. You know, mm, is like, it? Yeah, because like it's all you know. It was they just did all in camera tricks for the, right, for right, the right. original, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and then uh, there's two specific techniques that I kind of wanted to talk about um, that the filmmakers used. One is alluding to what you were talking about with uh, I don't know, did you or Jacob say who, uh, hiding the different buildings or whatever? Um, so there's this technique called multi pass exposure, which is essentially like double exposing a film. So for for anyone who doesn't know like that just means when you when you expose a film that's that's the shot you get you know just like a camera when you click the shutter it exposes the film to light and then it imprints the image on the film uh double exposure is taking the same frame you exposed and exposing it again um you know they've more re- a more modern example which is uh an After Effects version of double exposure is like the True Detective titles. Yeah, um, that's kind of double exposure. It's sort. I mean, it's that's double exposure might be more like Man with the Movie Camera, where they had the guy on top of the camera, um, you know, something like that, or like where you can see two images overlaid on each other. Like that's double exposure, um, or you know, yeah. essentially, right? Like anytime you expose twice in the camera, that's double exposure. Multi pass is like. You're doing it more than twice, essentially. It was kind of um, like the first sense of like magic in yeah, movies, where totally. you could have two things that 
were filmed separately that when you put them together make it look like they're in the same image yeah you know exactly like, exactly right. it just blew people's minds you know at the totally. time and it happened like right away like, <laughs> yeah. filmmakers figured that out right away that right. you could do that um but so multi-pass is like you know you're kind of doing it more than once and essentially what they did in blade runner was they would do things like they would have a they would film the set lit a certain way expose it relight the set expose it <laughs> light the set again or whatever or keep the same thing but then introduce elements to it like people or whatever else and expose it yeah, a flying just, ship in the background or, something yeah. right so there's like and it just starts to create these weird like ephemeral images or, the- or ethereal images like things are not fully defined uh you know lights are coming from different areas where they might not have come in from initially they've you know in one exposure and then the other exposure um so that's kind of what adds to the sort of like mystery of this of the the city itself and how a lot of stuff in the city is kind of hidden because of the different ways that the exposures like work with each other and whatnot um and apparently they like some some shots they did this like into the teens like well, you know like 16 times they did exposures crazy. to like get hmm. you know so it's just it's a really odd technique and like you almost i mean you can't tell like no. they're just so so good at it and that's where cronin west you know real talent came in was being able to keep all that together yeah. um for every shot you know um the second technique uh was actually invented by fritz lang and that's called the, uh, it's a German word, Schuften or Schuften process, uh, which is essentially how they got the shining eyes effect, which is kind of like the noticeable thing Such about the movie, right? Such an awesome effect. Yeah, it's cool looking. <laughs> uh, and basically how they did that was uh, you bounce a light off of a half mirrored piece of glass. And this piece of glass is at a 45 degree angle tucked in up beneath the camera. So they shined light onto this glass, which reflected back onto their eyes um, and created that that look, uh, which is, you know, uh, the look that everyone talks about when they when they talk about the movie, you know, the one thing you really notice yeah. right away. Oh. And so th- those are just two of the many processes that they use for this film. Um, but that's how they keep everything practical yeah. by doing yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Right. You know, because even the the multiple exposure thing is not a digital effect. It's a practical effect. You're literally filming something physical right. every Which time I, you do it. In, there's such there's so much to that, uh, especially with this film, and that's why I like. I mean, like even in you know the director's cut, like you can see some of the wires of the uh, the ships are going by. I mean, they do a good job where they he tried to hide it with shadows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But at the time too, when they were just going to project that everybody was only going to see the film projected on film there they, they was this was before blu-ray and dvd yep. and stuff i mean even before vhs um so they weren't really thinking about you know the light of like a bulb in a tv you know yep. making the image actually a little bit brighter so that people would actually see some of this stuff but like i didn't even care about that because you know it's real so your mm-hmm. mind or like at least my brain automatically kind of shuts that off and it's like well it's there you yeah, know like exactly. the, the, the character is 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 actually sitting in that or flying yep. like like you know interacting with it you know exactly like, real light is actually hitting that object and that's how we get that shadow you know i don't yeah. know it's just cool totally <laughs> and that's why like the neo-noir noir look is really cool besides the i just really love the way that look is but how much you can really like hide right because of Mm -hmm. how it's lit you know because it Mm -hmm. does create more shadow than like you know 
the Avengers, for example, which is super high key, yeah. no shadow anywhere type yeah. of lighting, right? Which you know, I don't think it's going. Those aren't going to age nearly as well as as this film. No I mean, this way. film's going to look better, you know, in, in another thirty years from now. You Apparently, know, the four like, K remaster is like superb man. too. So, God. yeah. <laughs> um, no, the I watched the Blu Ray version. And it was great yeah no great. for yeah. sure and the blacks are black like yeah. it just like the, the what yeah what they did with the even the, the blu-ray version is just is yep. really good which i want to say is a 2k restoration or something like that something, something probably, like that yeah probably but, um so the city in keeping in line with this whole practical effects thing the city was actually a scale model made out of a motley combination of things including a sink a model of the Millennium Falcon and old spaceship props from other sci-fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the sink can be seen kind of hidden, tucked away in a background shot. Uh, and the Millennium Falcon, which is actually from the New Hope, a model from the New Hope movie, uh, can be seen. Apparently, it's really hard to see. But when you're doing a, a then when they're flying into Tyrell's like pyramid or whatever, uh, apparently off to the side, like on the left, you can like see it. Make oh, out that it's there. That's right. funny. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a nice little uh, Easter egg, right? Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. how everything ties together. Um, but then, like you know, other buildings are like spaceship props from other sci-fi movies, which is a really cool combination of of everything. It's funny because there's so many fanboys out there that have been scouring for years and years and years um, for any hints of any of the alien ships. Because oh. people want to believe that there's a crossover. Uh, there were some elements from Alien that were used. Or no, because no, it was... I thought Alien was after. Alien came out first. Alien was 79, oh, and okay. then Blade Runner, yeah, okay. was after. But, um, but yeah, I, okay, yeah. yeah, I think you're right, because there were elements of Alien that were used, like sounds but, or something. Oh, okay, yeah, I mean, which wouldn't surprise me. But, like, I mean, like, the but they wanted, they want, like, a definite, like... Oh, that's you yeah. know, like uh, you know, like, yeah. Like, they want to connect it. The tone of both seems so similar, and and both of them are so focused on a specific event that you really don't get a the greater world that they're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're kind of they're hoping that it gets kind of tied together some, yeah. somewhere. And I, li- they, I, I like they did the math. Yeah, I like that they're separate though. You know, oh I, yeah, like oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care either way. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, but well, uh, I, it's funny that people are so passionate, for and sure. it's good that people get so passionate that they want something like that. Definitely, know? yeah. No, it's yeah. cool. Uh, the other thing too, though, is that uh, in 2049, they used elements of Blade Runner, the original, yeah. like soundtracks and and ambient sounds and yeah. stuff. I guess uh, when they're in Deckard's apartment in the new movie and in his yeah. place they're using sounds from his apartment in no, the first one I noticed that right away there's a very very famous sound it's when um, Harrison Ford is in his apartment and he's kind of playing the piano by himself or whatever mm-hmm. um, and Rachel comes in and joins him and there's like this like kind of a whooshing kind of sound but it's yeah. kind of like soothing mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this I don't know how to describe it, but it's in that it's, it's, it's in that scene, and it's <laughs> right ex- before the saxophone comes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. It's right. Um, it is. It's right. Yeah, no, it is. And but that sound is it's it's gotten to be like really famous, and like you can actually go on YouTube and you can find versions of it's five hours Whoa, of just dude, that geez. where someone has just looped it. 
No, because, thank you. Because they just because <laughs> they just want they just want to have that sound going on as they sleep or whatever, right? Yeah, it is sense. kind of atmospheric. I, I you know I've listened I've listened to it not for five hours. So <laughs> like, I oh, love that sound it. though. You know, it's that's just kind the, of a yeah, cool fanboys. But I noticed it in twenty forty nine. I mean, like it was like whoa, that's the exact same fucking sound. I yeah. I noticed that too because I I watched Blade Runner, the original one yesterday. And then I watched this one today. So it was like I was coming in hot, you know, for I'm coming in hot off both these movies. But I was able to connect that. Nice. Oh, and shit. he he pulled lots of little things, I guess, from the original Blade Runner just to kind of, you know, directors do that, yeah. right? You're going to pull oh, details yeah, from yeah. the first movie to, to put definitely. in the next one. Even like um, the, the ship sounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, they show you. his original car. Yeah. And the blaster sound. The blaster. Like, yeah. They <laughs> they show to, it has to be the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of little details um, that, like you said, the big the big fanboys will take the time to, yeah. to crawl through each movie and say, this is there, this is there, this is there. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Just give it a week, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh yeah okay we talked about the cuts um the thing about the director's cut so this is where the director's cut's a little bit different as well uh so the director's cut was actually made off of a 70 millimeter print that was thought to have been lost uh and was found by a man named Michael Eric uh, a sound preservationist. Uh, he was looking for a different movie, kind of stumbled across this print. That's how it always happens. Saw it. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've talked about this multiple times um, where movies just like get lost and then reappear. Vertigo yeah. was yeah. literally that. It was just Metropolis. Or, uh, yeah, the parts, like the 20 minutes or whatever it was in Metropolis that were lost. For, mm, yeah, you know, exactly. Forever. Exactly. Right. Uh, they discovered a Sherlock movie, the original, like what they're calling the original Sherlock movie yeah. from the silent era. It's right. Crazy. Uh, out, of, night, out of nowhere. Living Dead, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Night of the Living Dead. Um, so, yeah, it was a 70 millimeter print, which I thought was interesting. Wow, yeah. Um, and then they showed it to an audience, and people were like, you know, expecting an international cut or something, right? Yeah. Um, and it turns out this cut was entirely different than even that. <laughs> and uh, it started off kind of small, but eventually, when people, when a word got around, uh, they started to sell out shows, and Warner showed up and was like, we're going to monetize this, obviously. <laughs> um, so they were like, let's call this the director's cut. And Scott said, well, no, I need to make changes to it first. <laughs> like, there's things I'd want to change significantly um, before I approve of it. So he was given time. Him and, I guess, this guy, Eric, were given time to kind of look over it. Um, and ultimately, I guess he didn't have enough time to do everything he wanted. Um, and the film was just released as the director's cut. Yeah, because like he said that um, the technology at that time he wasn't able to do what obviously he was able to do in two thousand. Okay, so you know, like, that was part right. of it too. Like, so yeah. he just couldn't come to some consensus, and they were like, "Look, dude, we got to get this out." Um, yeah. and, and I think they ran out of money too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a multitude of things, uh, but they were, just, you know, we got to get it out. So they just called it the director's cut. Yeah. Uh, that was in what ninety two or whatever. Yeah, so fifteen that. years later, uh, Ridley Scott uh, they did the final cut, which is the only version where Scott was able to have full artistic control, which is why he considers it the definitive cut. Yeah. Which is why twenty forty nine is based off of it because Ridley Scott was involved with directing twenty. And even the final right. cut took like four or more years, I think, before two thousand seven when it finally came Jeez. out to actually come. To, to, to work on it there's like a little documentary about it that i, I watched and it, it's it's these these guys that were such fans you know um and and they rang 
you know, Ridley Scott up and Ridley Scott, you know, was like, you know, like, yeah, I, I do want to revisit this. And um, he was he I, I want to say he was working on it through uh, through Kingdom of Heaven, you know, up until, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. While know, he was doing his other projects. Yeah. yeah. You know, another. And yes, yeah, a couple other films. So. It's interesting. Yeah, so that's uh, that's why the final cut is kind of considered the version to reference nowadays. Because the theatrical cut, what happened was he, him, and his assistant or someone else. There's two people. Uh, he actually got fired off of that project <laughs> at one point, um, and was eventually kind of like rehired. But he was still kind of working on it, even though he was fired. Basically, what happened was there was like a disagreement. Um, the couple of producers of the production company or whatever decided we're going to take it we're going to edit it ourselves that's mm. when they showed the test screening version which audience is hated um, <laughs> and that's when they decided that they needed and because they found it so Ridley Scott had a four hour first cut which people thought was way too confusing uh, I want to see that shit. I want right? to see that. I want to see four hour. A four version. hour Blade Runner cut that apparently was just way cut, too. And it's confusing. That, yeah, it was too confusing. Is, uh, I guess. Are, you, are we sure it wasn't too long and people just gave up? Both, I'm sure. Um, <gasps> but then whatever happened between them and he gets fired, they take the the movie, they edit it down, they show it to a test screening. It's very very negatively reviewed that's when they decide well to make everything make sense we need to do a voiceover uh this is where harrison ford comes in and is like you know why do we need to do this fuck you but he's still contractually obligated so he has he does it uh and then that's the theatrical version that we have is with the voiceover and and kind of that cut um so the theatrical version is not the quote-unquote like well, final cut that yeah. the directors sometimes sometimes get right yeah, yeah. to have right. the final say. So that's that's a term used for this movie, but also an editing term, which is important. That you know, final cut is like the final say. Yeah, and yeah. typically, unless you're Tarantino, you're not going to have final cut. Right. Uh, producers right. are like going to step in. Even um, oh my god, his name just left me. Um, the Gangs of New York. Well, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. He's gotten final cut once. Just yeah. once. Yeah. And that was for um, his recent... Silence, uh, yeah. Or, Silence. No, Silence. No, he got... He, yeah, but... Or no, maybe he got it twice. He got it for uh, the Wolf? other one, too. Wolf of Wall, yeah, Wall Street. Wolf. Yeah, ah, that was dude. it. Yeah, and he's so... Well, that was Scorsese. independently financed, though, too. That oh, helps. Yeah. If you're Wolf in was, the studio... Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. If you're in the Makes studio, sense. then, you know, good luck getting yeah. Final Cut. If you're working independent, then you're going to have a yeah. way better chance at it. Uh, right. A lot of times, if directors want Final Cut, they'll have, they'll give up salary or they'll give up yeah. something else or a lot of something else well, to Dica- get that. DiCaprio gave up a lot of his salary and stuff. I mean, he was a producer on the film, obviously, for Wolf of Wall Street. But, uh, uh, and, and yeah, so that was part of the reason why, too, for sure. Yeah. Final right. Cut is very, very hard to get, and the people who are financing your movie are going to want it more than you, and they're making, they're yeah. paying you. They're, so. they're paying for the movie yeah. and you, so. Yeah, and so. because of all the trouble that Scott encountered during the making of this film, I mean, when, you know, after this film, he really tried to get as much um, control over his projects as possible, which, ironically, the film that he did, I think, after this was... Um, the Tom Cruise one, uh, uh, Legend, Legend, um, or the one maybe it was the one after this, but uh, he didn't have full control over that one either. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's hard, yeah. you know, unless Ups you're and downs. 
Yeah. If you're banking, bankrolling yourself or your bank or someone's bankrolling you, that's like really hands yeah. off. Like, you know, yeah. just good luck. Um, but a, a weird thing, I read this, uh, that Denis uh, Villeneuve, he got Final Cut for Blade Runner 2049. Wow. Pro- yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess. Yeah, That surprises me. That does surprise me. That I mean, totally I guess, I, guess me. It, I mean, it kind of does, but he's proven himself, though, you know? So what? Yeah, but so is Martin Scorsese. But, well, right? I, know, like, I know that's true. <laughs> so is Martin Scorsese. That's true. So I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't it's know. Tough. Huh. I, it's just, I, it's, it it's, seems weird. It is weird. It's really odd, and like you really have to be the hottest ticket item to to get something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, and Denis Villeneuve, that guy's fucking hot as shit right now. Yeah, because I mean, Arrival was nominated for best fucking picture. Yeah, you know. Right? A science and fiction like, film that was not made like that hardly ever happens. Right. So like, oh, okay, this guy gets final cut for because you know they're going for they're going for the big O. Yeah. You know, for for this with this movie. Yeah. With twenty forty nine. Yeah. Before we go into forty nine, is it cool if we talk about kind of the main idea behind the film, the original Blade Runner? Um. Because no. it kind no, of. No, let's just move on. Because it, because it, it kind of, you know, a lot of the second one deals with kind of what we have, you know, what. The first Are you talking one. about like thematically? Thematically, yeah. Thematically, yeah. Uh, just real quick. Sure. I, I talk to you. I guess like if I mean I don't know if talking about the second one will help or if you. Well, I mean, just like the fact that I mean just, the main. Just remember, I vote. I voted no for this. So, so. I mean, like the, the main idea behind, like the main, the big, like thing, the the discussion that has been going on around Blade Runner for the last thirty something years, which is incredible that. You know what other film has has had a discussion like this, right? Is the fact that Harrison Ford's character, you know, Deckard, there's a discussion or a debate on whether or not he's a replicant, right? And there's two, um, you know, two, you know, two sides. Some people believe he is a replicant um, himself, you know, and then some people believe that he is, you know, a human who has to, you know, uh, take out these other or take out the replicants. And then the fact that, you know, he has this unicorn dream and stuff like that. And right. that it was. How do I not remember this unicorn dream? I watched really? the movie fucking last night, dude. But, like, the, you dude, know. Did the, you watch the right version? I watched the final cut. So, like, oh, so basically, weird. you know, the, you know the unicorn origami piece? Barely. So the part that. <laughs> I must have, like, I, it's possible that I fell asleep, but I don't remember. Like, I, I don't know. So like, J- Edward James is almost his character. He, throughout the film, he, he makes, he origami makes his origami things, yeah. stuff. And well, at the end, he has. There's one. It's a unicorn. So, like, they know. like... Is that the last piece that he finds on the floor? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Right, so right before it, the movie ends, it's, and he gets in the elevator, he yeah. picks it up and looks at yeah, it, and then yeah. it cuts back to the guy. To Edward, whatever the fuck, and no, it does a voiceover. It does a voiceover, yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. Wait, no, it does cut back to him though. It does. No, it does a voiceover of the line he said, like, and then it ends. Yeah, yeah. Right, but it still cuts to a, his face, but he's not saying it. It just cuts to his face though. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, no, it does. But anyway, anyway, like, <laughs> it, it, it's basically it because Edward James is almost his character. Like, it's almost like it's a tease, like. I know you're a replicant, or like, or so it's like the top, the fucking top in Inception. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, little, like, but way uh, better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The but original you know, version of it. Like, it's kind of the top. It, it's yeah, kind of, it kind of. But also the, the fact that we see the unicorn dream, the fact that that could be an implanted memory, like the other replicants. You know, they're fake. You know, which that has a lot to do with the second film, right? 
uh, which we get more into, which I liked how the he never, you know, the director, you know, Denis never answers it, for, you know, it from yeah. in the second one. Yeah, um, which but, what, but they they toy with the idea. They talk about it. Yeah, they is, they suggest the argument. They don't suggest what the answer is, right. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, well, you know, it's, that's what I just love, and I love the fact that Tony Scott, who did the original, or Ridley Scott, who did the original film, he straight up says that Harrison Ford's character Deckard is. Yeah. He he came out and said yeah, that he was he a replicant. He is yeah. a replicant. But Harrison Ford views the character as a human and said what he found so interesting about the about about the character was that a human could fall in love with an android. You know? And that yeah. that, that that relationship is what he kind of liked about the screenplay. And then right. Denis Venus and you know he's of the thought that it's better that we don't know that Harrison Ford's a replicant or not. And then there's this awesome interview snippet of Ridley Scott and Denis Villeneuve sitting together, and Ridley Scott is just looking at him like, "No, <laughs> he is a replicant." And Denis like, "No, it's better that it's you know." So it's great that the two directors of the two films aren't even in complete agreement. Right. Of what the main characters like, actual, you know, yeah, possible, but you know, was- and which is just so awesome to me, you know, and that's what's so great about these movies is because, and especially the original, because like it's been around for thirty something years, and the theme of the film and the main character is still being debated. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know what's what's so great about Denny Villan- Villeneuve's opinion about this is that it actually doesn't matter. Right. Like, I think he nails that right on the head. Right. And, like, the the themes of the movie are suggesting um, so many different things, but, but one of the big things is that androids are, or uh, replicants are kind of a, a, the, the next human race or that they can work with the human race um, and that they are just as human as humans. Yeah. Like, what is humanity? What is what? What is humanity? Yeah. yeah. Wh- what if cons- we knew the answer to the question for Deckard, it it wouldn't be as impactful, right? If we knew that he was one or the other, it would it would cheapen the movie both both ways because yeah. it, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter at all what 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 he is. And the second film just enriches all that. By by adding 100%. by using the same fucking shit that's in the first, which is awesome. Well, the, the only reason why I could I would see that it matters is because in the second one, it, it the question becomes: Is the miracle that a you could create a hybrid, or is the miracle that two replicants got together to make right, right? And but either I, way, I, either, no, I think I, they imply either way that's a miracle. No, either, I understand either, that. Either way, I understand yeah, yeah. that. I'm just saying which that's is, the only awesome, reason why right? it would really have significance is if you care whether or not how how you want to it. You know, but what's great is it works right. either way, if, which if is you, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> a human having sex with a robot is not a, is more of a miracle than two robots having sex and having a having a baby then i mean who the fuck thinks that one of those is more of a miracle than the other those are both amazing those are both stupid like they're stupid like it's 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 stupidly um amazing well, what I know, I mean it, by it, stupid. well yeah and it's because it's like because we because it's still either way it's like how 
like how much of like how much of a soul or how the humanity within that creature right like, right like what right. is it the same or is it different you know like right but yeah, that's like the whole point of that's, the movie exactly is, yeah which is is having is 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 having the robot has still have a soul or the, the the idea that it could and the fact that we don't know it, yeah like but still feel the way we do after watching the movie at least for myself um it, it, it gives you the answer yeah, you know what i mean yeah it's it's so cool i mean I, and what they did with the second one which i guess we'll get into a little bit later they just added on by using what the first one brought to the table without answering anything they extended everything but they did it in just a really good way i don't know no you're right they 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 kept the integrity of the original which i is a rare thing to right. see from 30 year sequels <laughs> yeah <laughs> like who the f- like what what was the last movie like 30 year sequel you watched that kept the integrity of the original yeah. film like i i couldn't even name one yeah especially one that's one. so beloved as blade runner yeah you know because yeah. it has such a huge cult following you know like you, right. you said earlier you know i don't know no huge cult following but, yeah. but like you know independence day like that new one stunk ass and it totally right. destroyed the first one you right. know what i mean tanked it and uh i i I haven't seen the new jumanji but i it seems different (laughs) enough you know (laughs) yeah i would look uh, at well we'll get into this a little bit more next week but i think king kong is kind of an example of that too king kong is a great example i don't know a lot of people like the peter jackson version but we can get into that more i just just wanted to touch on the peter jackson version (laughs) i like the game they made uh, on <laughs> I just wanted to touch why, on, why the, on the podcast the, the theme part before we get into the second because I know we'll probably have something to do the thing it. okay so uh, rewatching and I don't know if I was just so tired that I just was not getting you know I almost turned the movie off to go to sleep because I was so tired but I watched it all the way through um, and this is, it's a hard movie to watch when you're tired it is slow it it's, is it's one of the slowest movies definitely uh, popular movies out there and I, I don't I don't know if that was because, like why I missed stuff but on this on this viewing was the question of him being a replicant even asked ever in the movie like I no, think it was just people no, started it's, asking it's it. alluded to it's, it's alluded not direct to. it's not direct yeah. the but, like, no, but, the, but the film doesn't ask the question itself it's not people really. who started asking the question right no the film I mean, the film kind of asks it, the question it touches on it but in it's a way a, it suggests that it. doesn't make it it doesn't over. seem like it gives a shit one way or another whether he's a replicant no which, or not. which makes the film so great Okay, because so that's what I was wondering. Yeah, because you could watch it over and over again and be like, "Oh, is the film doing this? Totally. Or is the film doing?" There's that? a lot, lot of right, like right. you could read into it, but right? And that's, that's like why what it, the whole that's the whole point is that it doesn't matter if it's a replicant it's ambiguous. Or a human. Well, but it, I, I, it doesn't matter because like the the whole point but, of the movie is that replicants and humans are the same, right? Right, right, know, right. They're, they're both they both have humanity, so it's suggesting this thing, and also saying this is not. It, this doesn't matter. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I need an answer or I care one way or another. I'm just, when I watched it, I was like, wait, is there even a point where this is even asked? Like, I literally, yeah. like, didn't right, know. Right, right, right. And, no, I, and there's not. No, there's okay, not that's what I thought. And which, that's what I'm trying to say. Which is, is I that, think, why it tanked. Yeah. I think in 1982, the audiences wanted to be more spoon-fed. But as the years have gone by, what makes the film so great is that there's been this discussion. That well, because is, isn't theatrical version, does it say... It doesn't. So what is the ending? The ending of the theatrical is actually, there's more, so the, the elevator closes, right? And 
it basically cuts to Rachel and Harrison Ford driving off literally into the sunset. Oh, okay. Um, so it's more of a happy ending, and okay. the saxophone song, I believe, comes back on. And- <laughs> the saxophone. <laughs> Which I love that song. I love that. The, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Well, but- hang on. So if the theatrical ends on a happy note, is that just because they're driving off into the sunset? Cause I think yeah. it's like that the they get away, yeah. could end on a happy note because they they go down the elevator. And- right. But it, you because can assume it, that they get away. Right. But it ends, though, with him picking up the unicorn, and it kind of ends on, like... It's an ambiguous It's note. An, more of an ambiguous yeah. ending. It ends on the... Uh, yeah. yeah. Which Harrison Ford liked section. better. He liked right. the more ambiguous He liked movie. everything about the not-theatrical version yeah, better. Yeah, you know? yeah. And apparently, um, the uh, Harrison Ford... This is, again, speculation, but apparently when he... He read Hampton Fancher's version of 2049 and was immediately on board. Before yeah, reading yeah. Uh, any other rewrites, right. he read the novella version, and that's what right. brought him on board. I guess he was on board like, oh, Ridley Scott's doing it? All right. And yeah. then uh, that's what brought him on board. And then when Ridley Scott dropped out, what brought Ryan Gosling, it got him interested, was Deacons and Van Neuf. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. all right, I'm in. But, yeah, he, no but, shit, he, but he said that also like Blade Runner was one of the films that he yeah. grew up with. That, Naturally. That... That, yeah. like, really wanted him to be more, you know, like an actor. Which I wonder how... Plus okay. Johan Johansson being in the project, too. I mean, that's a... Yeah. Yeah. That's a freaking say yes to that shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's just, just dive right into it. So, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Watch it in IMAX. It's an amazing experience in IMAX. Uh, some people... Okay, so, just one real quick thing. I didn't notice this because I was just watching the movie, but I, uh, when I went with my girlfriend, she was looking around the theater because at certain points she was saying that, like, to her, the, the sound and the music and everything combined was too loud. And she was seeing people covering their ears because they thought it was too loud. And I was sitting there like, I love this. I know, like, yeah. I'm so glad it was this loud because <laughs> it was just IMAX. like... Yeah. I saw yeah, it yeah. I saw it in, Because they pump it up, man. Totally. Yeah, because totally. I, I saw it in the R- IMAX and RPX. Like oh, both yeah. of them combined? Oh, fuck. It could, okay. it could have been louder. Is the RPX, because that's not the IMAX, that's a regular screen, but with the better sound, right? Well, so there's RPX just regular, and then there's the IMAX and RPX. Well, IMAX just has that, right? There's Isn't IMAX 3D, RPX IMAX, RPX. I think it's a slightly better experience, but I'm saying the visual is, like, the same as the as the regular, right? They just give you a little <sighs> bit better theater and better sound, Um what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get at is the IMAX and the IMAX and the, the IMAX is essentially RPX, but with the IMAX film screen, the the right, the, right. the square version. Right. The, it was shot on IMAX and everything. Right. RPX is like IMAX, but with a regular screen. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So was that version two two point three five by one? Just the regular version, the non IMAX. Yeah. I have. Um, I, I think they were different. I never saw it that way, though. You saw. You, saw, you saw, saw it in RPX, right? I saw IMAX RPX. Oh, okay. Yeah. What I was wondering was because I noticed with the framing that well, it's it's square framing, so it's a, you frame it differently. But I noticed that they the way they framed it, I was kind of like, okay, you're doing this so that you can do a yeah. cropped version, yeah. of it. And I was Wait, wondering did, if that did was they, the case. Did they shoot it in? Uh, it was a hundred percent. Yeah, it was hundred yeah, percent. They shot IMAX, it in yeah. one one eighty nine. Are you fucking kidding me? Did you not watch oh it in IMAX? Oh my god, no! I just went to the regular theater. Oh. Okay, so was it? What was the aspect ratio? Was it the oh, widescreen? It was. Yeah, it was the standard. Wait, wait two point uh, three five was, by one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I read about it. The, 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 Fuck, they, I knew it because like there's the opening shot. I'm like. This seems cropped. It's a hundred percent IMAX. This seems cropped. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck me, dude! 
Go watch it again. Fuck me. I gotta go see it. Yeah. No, the IMAX version was it, really good. And yeah. it was it wasn't like Batman where they cut in different things. No, it was it, IMAX yeah. from beginning oh, to end. Fuck. Um yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, God, it was, I'm pissed at myself that I didn't know that man. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> but me. that's interesting that's what I thought. I thought that they were shooting to crop too. Um and I was just curious if that was actually the case. Uh so the Blu ray versions will be the cropped version most likely. Yeah. So catch Probably. IMAX while you can, basically. Yeah. Um uh, I'm going back. I'm going. I'm yeah. going to Pacific Science. How unfortunate is that, though? Like, okay, I get it that if you were to watch an IMAX movie, I mean, part of the experience of IMAX is seeing it in theater with the sound and the seats right. and everything else. But and and if you watch it at home, you would have that square. Yeah. But like, I kind of wish. Give me like that I, version. I, I, I would. Right? Get, I would want that fucking yeah. version. Yeah. I want I that version want it too. Yeah. Because they fucking shot it that way. Roger Deakins. He's a fucking artist. I want to see it the way he fucking shot yeah, it. Like, exactly. god damn it. It's like what we talked about in aspect ratios with like Kubrick yeah. and stuff, who like <laughs> shot stuff and framed it in a specific way yeah. and got all sorts of cropping done to his yeah. movies. You know, that's like, why I had to see Dunkirk in theater twice. That's why I had to see Hateful Eight. You know, in I theaters. Watched. Because I did watch Dunkirk like, in IMAX. You know what I mean? Like you have to see it in IMAX. You do, yeah. It's, oh. it's a IMAX, is, <laughs> and that's that's where the whole like, well, theaters are going to die argument falls apart. Yeah. It's like, okay, unless you're a millionaire, you're not going to have an IMAX experience right, in your home. Right, so right. shut up. You know, like stop even, talking. Even millionaires, man, I don't. I don't know if they could afford it. <laughs> I mean, I would buy an IMAX setup if I was a millionaire. Dude, yeah, hell yeah. Even Same if it costs like I, a I million think you, dollars, you need more money than that. I think. I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't, either way, I would try my damnedest to right to to get that. Um, anyway. It'd be like Jeff Bezos, man. That's it. <laughs> he can buy everything he, could he wants. Buy IMAX. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could, <laughs> actually, could buy IMAX. Don't give him that idea. I don't want it to become an Amazon product. Um, okay, so Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Basic plot summary: uh, Young Blade Runner's discovery of a long buried secret leads him to track down former Blade Runner Rick Deckard, who's been missing for thirty years. Um, it was written by Hampton Fancher and Michael Green, like we said. It was directed by Denis Villeneuve and shot by the great Roger Deakins, who is like the Leonardo DiCaprio of cinematographers. Like, yeah. just give the guy his Oscar already, you yeah, know, that fuck. type of thing. Um, he, nominated he, for he, he, Even worse, though. He's been cheated more than yeah. Yeah. Leo. Yeah, certainly. He, he, he better fucking get this. He better get the it Oscar for this. It was really... Really well shot. It really was a very I like even if it was silent, it would have been good to yeah. watch because oh, yeah. of just how you know those those wide shots and stuff were were really something to behold. Um, music was supposed to be done by Johan Johansson or Johan Johansson, um, and there's speculation as to why he quit or was removed from the project. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Do you oh, have when did def- that happen? Yeah, dude, didn't you see it was Hans Zimmer? It's Hans, no. Hans yeah. Zimmer and, uh, and his the other dude. and his partner yeah. or the guy wow. he's been working with. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his well, name. So just oh, like gosh. just like last week or a week and a half ago, uh, Vanuve came out and he was very uh, he kind of skipped around some things, but he basically said that. Johan Johansson or Johan Johansson's score wasn't as Vangelis as he wanted it. That's what I heard. That's what yeah. exactly what I was going to say was yeah. it was Vanu's decision and said that he wanted to kind of go in a different direction yeah. and it just, you know, Johan Johansson just wasn't meeting that. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't delivering the goods. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I get, he liked a lot of what I think he because had. Because he did work with them already. Yeah, before he worked with them for the Prisoners. 
Sicario, uh, Sicario right? and Arrival? I think Enemy and Arrival. Yeah, yeah Arrival, so like, yeah. so it's not like they were just like hating, you know, like hating each other. I no. think it's that answer. Well, if we take it at face value, like that is the answer, then that does sort of make sense. Like, like. You know, I, we need the right composer for the right yeah. job, you know. I mean, like, I was nervous, though, because when I found that Villeneuve was working with Johan Johansson again, I was like, yes, because the pairing in the last three films or whatever that they've done is just fantastic. He's 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 gorgeous. Deli- he's delivered some of the best um, music for films in the last, like, 25 years. Um, and the Vangelis score is so integral uh, to the original that I felt that this was going to be a great pairing. So when I found out that Hans fucking Zimmer was replacing him, I immediately had my doubts. However, five minutes into the movie, I was pleased knowing that, okay, we are in good hands. He, because you think, he, like, he, you know, he did it. He, Hans Zimmer did a good job. Because you, you think like Zimmer like has his like, very kind of cemented style right, right now, right? right? Which is like in every fucking movie trailer and movie now is like a little bit of Zimmer in yeah, it, right? Yeah, With yeah. his sounds. So like you're kind of thinking like, well, do we really need another Zimmer sound yeah, yeah. for this? And I gotta say, the score was phenomenal. Yeah, because yeah. I want to say, you know, Hans Zimmer's best score to date was Dunkirk. Now for me, it's this. Yeah, like, yeah I would say this. He is came like, out with two fucking good scores this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I like. I, yeah, I don't buy the the OSTs very much, the original soundtracks, but I'm I'm gonna do it for. Oh uh, yeah, oh, it, for it's sure. Like good. Yeah, I've been listening to uh, it nonstop on YouTube. <laughs> Johan Johansson did he did Mystery, a uh, film called Mystery by directed by Lu Yi. Uh, he did Prisoners, The Theory of Everything, Sicario, Love Song, Arrival, and Mother. Is his and then and then, I guess he did stuff for this movie, but uh, Blade Runner. But he just yeah, got pushed I, out and then not credited. And I want to see. Didn't he do Foxcatcher too? I'm just I doesn't I show it. I don't think he did Foxcatcher. But oh, I thought he did. It's, it's funny that you'd say that though, because the the, the score for Foxcatcher is very kind of similar. There is the kind of a, ah. a, a similar vibe to it. I, I, Foxcatcher, I gotta look it up. It's interesting. The guy who did Foxcatcher, I want to say, has done some really other. He's done some other really good scores as well. Uh, just real quick, let me. I'm gonna finish off the credits here. Um, it was edited by Joe Walker. Uh, music was done by Hans Zimmer. Or at least he's credited for it. Uh, you know how much he did for the music. Speculation. Yeah. Uh, stars Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, Anna De Armas, Robin Wright, and Jared Leto, among you know other lots of other people. Um, Dave Bautista as a yeah, small Bautista, part. Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> in the beginning, and oh, I Michael Stan. Perfect. Oh, sorry, uh, because I want to. Who was it? Uh, Michael Dana. Dana. Michael Danov is the composer for Foxcatcher. Yeah, he did Life of Pi, Life of Pi. Sunshine, Moneyball. Oh, okay. Oh, Moneyball. He did Billy Lynn's. Okay. Um, yeah, he's done a lot. So, speaking oh. of Dave Bautista uh, and the opening sequence. The opening sequence is kind of special because, and we're talking about the form sequence here, uh, 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 it was essentially a shot-for-shot remake of a storyboarded concept that Ridley Scott initially wanted to do for the original Blade Runner. So so let me say that again to make sense. They storyboarded this concept. This is how he wanted the original Blade Runner to open and how he wanted to introduce Deckard uh, instead of like the noodle scene or whatever, right? 
This is Ridley Scott, uh, and Denis Villeneuve decided that as a kind of homage, I guess, to essentially do almost exactly what they had storyboarded back yeah. in the eighties. I never seen homage, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting because uh, the this opening was way better than than the, the super good opening. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a super good opening, and it's relevant to the rest of the story, which is really nice. Because sometimes you get that detachment. You yeah. Know? But as soon as you see the no- the opening, you know what kind of movie this is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it tells you exactly. And that is, like, sign of a good opening. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean is a perfect opening to a movie. Because uh, it does the same exact thing. Yeah, you know exactly what you're getting. And what yeah. I really like about that opening, too, is how well it sets the tone for the movie, like the neo noir tone for yeah. the movie, it yeah. shows you his character, like you know he's long trench coat, yeah. the callback to kind of the you know forties fifties noir, uh, the mysterious yeah. kind he's, of he's, detective he's like a guy. Detective, he is basically. no, he is yeah. he is a noir detective, yeah. and yeah. then when they're in the house, if you pay attention to how they lit the set, um, they hide a lot of face. Right, they don't light yeah. like he's sitting yeah. against a, a shit, window. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he, all you have on him is backlight, and then Dave Bautista's yeah. face is lit. But, like, that's very ballsy to do. Yeah, for like, sure. You and, know, but that like, represents the entire movie. Like, the, totally. the whole lighting design. It's like, hey, you're in for a lighting eye candy. You're in for a lighting candy. Exactly, exactly. Movie. It's going to be like this. It's, like, a very uncommon practice. Typically, we want the face to be lit. Uh, but that's part of the whole like noir thing, yeah. kind of that's going on for taken it. to the extreme. Right? Yeah, totally. Which was right. set up with Blade Runner, and I think that's a, also another thing is people complained when the original one came out. It's so dark, I can't see what's going on because it would nothing like that had come out with before, except for The Godfather. Yep. That was the only film before it, and The Godfather got flack because of right. how they lit it. Yeah, because like, Godfather, right. like the 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 big example there is like when they're talking to Don Corleone, like in his office, and they light from the top down, and it hides, yeah. it creates shadows on his eye sockets, which is like you know generally a big quote no no yeah. in traditional lighting. Uh, so it was very much against against the grain. Yeah. and I can't remember in this film. Do they hide? They do hide a lot of face. Yeah. What's right? interesting about this film, too, is they didn't use the uh, Sufrat... Suff, uh, oh, fuck. The Shufen the, the, the process. The Shufen process. process. Yeah. Yeah, they probably didn't need to, yeah. really. Yeah, you know, uh, just, But I thought that was interesting, that they, you know, because it's such a... It's such a... Unique. Unique, but memorable part of yeah. the original. Totally. Right. But, totally. Right. But they do kind of do the callback with the eyes and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eyes are just kind of a theme, a thematic object throughout right. both movies. Yeah, um, I, just, I mean, yeah, they they kick it off with an eye in this new one, but know? like you know, yeah, eyes exactly. are the mirror to the soul or whatever the expression yeah. is, right? So it kind of the windows plays, to the soul, windows to the soul. So it kind of right. plays into the theme of the whole idea behind both films. Totally, so, right? I, I, I couldn't and, remember if it was if they hide the if I watched something else that did that too, but I was like really surprised. I think it was this movie. Yeah, and well, they have the they have the code too. They have the serial code, yeah. the little code. In yeah, the, in the, but yeah, I just yeah. couldn't remember if it was this movie or something else where they basically spent a lot of time lighting from the back and not showing oh, the faces oh. that much. And I think mm. they do do that in this movie a lot yeah. though, where they do light yeah. from the back um, and just don't light the face. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah. just I, it's just obviously noticeable like right away. But, um, yeah, one th- one thing the the about the eye is it's also a like the representation of the noir genre itself you know because because you have 
it's about these detective characters who are just kind of sitting there and looking. You know, yeah, they're yeah. like trying. They're like if you go watch Vertigo, like half of that movie is a shot of someone of um, uh, Jimmy Stewart looking, and then uh, you know, like a POV shot. Totally, of what he's looking at, like that. That is just what the movie is. So yeah, it's kind totally. of also could be tied back yeah. to that. Those are my yep. te- uh, favorite type of films, you know, the voyeuristic type film, you know, films that yeah. it's just people looking at people. Only God Forgives is like that, another Ryan Gosling film, right? Ryan Gosling is so good at being able to express things with hardly doing anything. Yeah, but totally. Yet, yeah. But yet he, he's able to, to pull which, it off. His face is that. literally the Kuleshov effect in action. Like, yeah, all yeah, the time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the entire movie because this morning I listened to our Soviet montage theory uh, episode and uh, 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 we talked about um, how, like, you know, the like... Um, fucking Hitchcock would take a shot and just be a simple face of a, of a guy and then put it next to a woman in, in a bikini right, and, then, right, and right. then do take that same shot, put it right in next to a, a, a baby eating a popsicle or some shit. Um, and this entire movie, I was thinking about that because there are so many times where it cuts back to Ryan Gosling looking at something like even in the intro, like there's like Ryan Gosling looks, he hears something. We see the oatmeal or whatever the shit that guy's cooking with garlic. And then uh, we see a closer up of Ryan Gosling. And he has the same facial expression. But, so, like, I swear to God, it it felt different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's, it, it's almost like he's smirking a little bit or something, you know? Like, yeah, like, like, there's something. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's that smell? It smells like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's something in there that changed. And that's because it changed in our in my brain i bet joe walker the editor had fun with all that though totally you know yeah oh i bet yeah because dude what an editor's movie man because it's like hey let's let's take the time to do every little detail that we want yeah this is fucking editor's movie (laughs) did you see the kind of call the uh the hard cut that was kind of a callback to um lawrence of arabia where it it's like the two people talking um, I can't remember who's talking, and then it does a super hard cut with the do to Ryan Gosling oh, in the yeah. orange. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like literally like the same framing uh, yep. as that. Yeah, yep. that, direct call I to that. Love that. I I I love the sound effect that they use, and I put that. I I use that similar sound. Like I, I swear, I used it probably like close to thirty times in my last film. <laughs> I just love cutting it, cutting yeah. like making that cut and then making the cut obvious. Yep. I love doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's like you intentionally make it jarring yeah. to kind of show the connection between yeah. The, yeah. the two things. But, totally. but I hardly see it in big films. So when I saw that, like again, like I, this only happens to me in certain movies and it always deals with music and image and that's what happened to me so like you in masturbated this film. well yeah <laughs> uh, in the theater um, everywhere yeah, all over everybody no um, all over the like, screen but that's what it, that's i mean that, that's the rpx experience you know that's what like ah fuck, you like man. rpx try it is so awesome <laughs> be the ppx no ppx but yeah totally cool cut and like yeah like you said it's definitely the editing uh gets kind of overshadowed i think by the rest of it but definitely like is is solid um definitely and i don't i don't know what joe walker's done besides this yeah, um, I know. I, kind of a generic name so it's not like yeah. his name is like yeah really it's obvious um, yeah you can before. look that up um let's see so uh just like the first film 
Uh, this is kind of just Vanu's style in general, but he specifically wanted to use as much practical effect as possible. He's kind of outspokenly not anti-CGI because he knows it needs to be in movies, but he just does not his shtick. Uh, he likes to do it. Yeah, he, in do, the he doesn't. He doesn't want to lead with it. He doesn't want to have it be the focus. Exactly. Of the scene. Exactly. That's why everything looks. I mean, that's why Sicario will age well. That's why you know Rival's different because you have to use visual effects for right. that type of movie. But you know, he he said that if he could, he would have had you know essentially puppets as aliens instead of yeah. um, the CGI ones. But you know, just, right. just financially Which, speaking, like you can't. God forbid they use puppets for the the how those aliens talk. <laughs> that would have looked like ass, dude. That that has to be visual effects. I mean, you could have done like puppetry with or costuming with you know CGI touch-ups too, right? Like not not for the how they communicate with the the symbols. Oh there's well, no, yeah. There's no way in hell they could recreate that without visual effects so, well, and it, have it and have it work. An interesting thing about the visual effects and like what you just mentioned with Vanu with Blade Runner twenty forty nine is uh. uh this is going to be a major spoiler, people. For <laughs> we, we told them to watch. We, yeah, the we leave okay. with the so, fact they're, that they're an hour like, and twenty minutes in. So, so they, the part they when Rachel appears, or Rachel's. Well, it's not really Rachel. It's the new <laughs> Rachel. New Rachel. Um, yeah. So Brown-eyed I guess eyed Rachel. How they pulled that off was Vanu, Vanu, or whatever, had started working on it, and then saw. The Force Awakens, and it was just like, oh no, oh no, 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 we cannot do that. We cannot do. Okay. All right, let's let's hang on a second. No, I'm a little bit offended. Just hang on. No, this is this is what hang on. said though. Hang on. What you're talking about is Rogue One. Rogue, not Force Awakens. R- R- my Rogue bad. One, my yeah. bad. My bad. My bad. We're oh talking my about God. The, well, Force Awakens is awesome. Rogue One. That's right. My bad. Is, ta- about is Tarkin? One. Is Rogue Rogue One where they did Tarkin and Leia? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So, Rogue yeah. One. so Vanu was like, we cannot do what they did with Tarkin and Leia. There's he. He, no, he, fuck no. And he, he got, that, shit, that shit sucked. Yeah, he got super scared and was went immediately back to the visual effects guys and were like, we cannot do it like this. You know, we this is an example of what he's like, it has to be as real as A possible. Person. So what yeah. what they did Throw makeup on. Yeah, so what they did was they went and I guess it was a huge casting scenario. They tried to get Lookalikes for Sean Young, you know the the, the actress who Rachel. played the original Rachel. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, how hard is that? I mean, you have people who are stunt doubles. That's like literally someone's job is to find a stunt person who looks like the yeah. Main but, the, actor. but this would be like, like really focusing the on their face, though. You know, right? But yeah, so anyway. but I mean, still, I mean, but, someone's job is to literally do that. Yeah, like, so, they can figure that out. So they, they they found you know they found a couple girls, I believe, and then they brought Sean Young in. And they basically paid her to basically coach them on how to move and how, you know, expression-wise and everything. And I think they also did, like, a scan of her. However, she's aged so much in the last 30 years that they didn't really matter. But they took um, images of the original film, right? right? And then they, you know, made it all 3D, all that crazy shit. And then they put that on top of the lookalikes... And they just kind of made a hybrid um, of it all, and it—I guess the—the the, it took over a year just to do her. Jesus, yeah, dude. because he was so. He said like, it ha- it. He's like, I as a fan, 
not even as the director, I as a fan demand her to be the light has to be hitting something. It has to be hitting her. Yeah. Um, which is, again, which is what to me makes the original so fucking good. Which is why you know? I kind of was looking, because I immediately when she appeared, I thought that. I was like, okay, they're doing the Leia, the Leia thing. Right. But when you look at her, you don't get that uncanny valley thing and exactly. i think exactly they, yeah. they they put all that work into yeah. it to make sure and i was like i was thinking too i was like damn cgi must have got really good in the last couple of months <laughs> yeah and they really started to nail this whole human thing yeah. or like they they kind of like like masked it essentially so, so what vane you right. said is I, I could tell it was a different person like right off the bat because I, I i came in hot after because i watched blade runner the day before so I was like, that looks a lot like her, but that is not her. Yeah, because you can <laughs> well, especially so. tell by her hands. I mean, automatically you're going to know. Yeah. Just because her it's face. like, no yeah. shit, she's face. not going to be. Mean, yeah, but her hands especially, though. That, that's what really, I was like, okay, they got it someone different, you know, someone right, new. Right. Or, like, obviously the, you know or, or what she is now. Because, you know, she, her hands were more plump. So I was like, oh, you know, obviously she's gained right. weight, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, one thing I kind of liked about it is because it, it, it felt... It, because she wasn't the same person. Right, exactly, you know? yeah. And so it worked that she wasn't exa- didn't look exactly like her. Oh, like for it sure. was like um, the the computer that made her yeah. uh, caused her to be a little different. You know what I mean? So like I, I totally bought that. Yeah. But if it was that CG shit, I would have been like... Well, that's what Vianu said. He, he said it had to be someone real. It had to be. Yeah. And yeah. also he said that basically the, fo- the what with Tarkin and Leia... Is they just he 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 knew that they didn't have enough time, the the turnaround. He said for to to pull something off like that, you have to have a lot of time, and he he knew that Rogue didn't have a lot of time for it. Mm, yeah. Um, I, and also, just they, you need more time than what's like feasibly possible to make money right, off of a right. movie like that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I didn't like that Tarkin shit at all. Like I, I just frustrates me <laughs> so uh, it, yeah uh, this this just raised the bar though i think for this t- sort of i thing. mean you definitely i mean like you said it yeah. took them however long so it's not like what you hope is that it'll become the common practice but if it takes too long then they're not just not gonna do yeah, it. yeah i mean i think it's gonna they're not gonna do it if it takes long yeah, yeah. fast cheap because like honestly like half my family had no idea that tarkin was fake they were like oh that guy <laughs> they were like, well, he's dead. They were yeah, like, oh, yeah. he was? He was in the movie. I'm like, no, that was... In 70s. That was or, not him. Or, yeah, yeah. Late, late 70s, early 80s. But, but yeah. like, yeah. But, you know, and Vanu said, too, that he said he wasn't just hiring visual effects artists. He was hiring visual effects directors, and he was treating them like directors, not not as, like, illustrators. He wanted them to be able to create something real, not just as, like, a, oh, I'm painting it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is an interesting yeah, concept it, too. You know, yeah. it is kind of cool. Which I mean, yeah. it definitely like it's going to help that specific sequence age because yeah. like it just you're, it just looks better. Yeah. than, you know, and right. the, but the thing is, is like it's her as she was in the '80s, so you automatically know it's either going to be CGI or they right. or there's some form of touch like. Even if they found a look-alike, you know, the fact that it's a replicant yeah. means it has to be essentially exact. Yeah. So like you know that there's something up. Right, and it's like funny how they had to create. Oh that. yeah, there there has to be. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. even use like you know, I guarantee they probably used the 4K restoration of the original. Oh yeah, you know, when they, they had yeah, the totally. the clips basically yeah. of of totally. her, so they actually have 
clips of the real one from the original yeah, from and the movie and yeah. the, the the new one, which totally, is kind of yeah. cool. I was like, damn, like yeah. that's gutsy too, you know, like like they're basically saying, you know, bring it on, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. But what's so what's so great about it is that it plays in t- into the story, which I already talked about this, but it but showing the original one is inviting the audience to say this is not the same thing. Right, right. You know, well, I mean, but it's yeah. someone putting in the work to make it look like the same thing. But it's clear um, right away that Harrison Ford, or not right away, but like it's clear at some point that Harrison Ford is like, this is not the same. Yeah. You know, and everyone in the audience is like, yeah, it's not the same. You know, it's yeah, kind of a weird comment or like maybe not comment, but weird attribution to the overall theme of humanity, too. Because, yeah. like you said, that's a good way to put it, Jacob, is that by having that scene, you are inviting that to happen. It's right. going to happen automatically. Yeah. And yeah. that is another thing of, like, reality. Like, us as an audience questioning the reality of it and the, hu- yeah. you know, the humanity of it or whatever, which is, like, the theme. There's even a Black, there's a black Mirror episode about it. Yeah, because we already don't <laughs> like it. The right. one with uh, Dom and all Gleason or whatever. I might not have seen that one. Ah, uh, yeah. God, I gotta watch Black Mirror. But, um... Fucking gotta do it. Well, like, when Harrison Ford says that line, too, you know, her eyes were green. You're like, yeah. oh, uh, shit. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because her eyes are not green in Blade Runner, the original one. They are brown. So, that's what I thought, too. Which was, I <laughs> They are brown in both movies. But I think <laughs> I think he says it, though, just to piss Leto yeah, off. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's interesting because... Uh, uh, I guess Ridley Scott said that line to some. They were talking people, uh, Hampton Fancher and somebody. Uh, I think it was Michael Green, and then they were all sitting like at a round table, or whatever, right? And they were talking, and they were just talking about the movie, blah blah. blah. Yeah. And Ridley Scott said that line so in some capacity, and Fancher liked it so much that he quickly wrote it down on a piece of notepaper or whatever. And and, oh, that's funny. and he said he's like he. I guess he said he could not wait. To pass it off as his line. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, speaking of lines, too, uh, just real quick in the original Blade Runner, I guess Rutger Hauer um, improvised a bunch of his lines. Right. Like the very yeah. famous last monologue, he wrote that monologue. Right. And he improvised the, t- the like, tears and rain yeah. thing. Like, they'll. I have be- seen things. Or what is it? He says, like, um, it'll disappear or something yeah. like tears and rain yeah, it'll, it'll disappear it'll, yeah something along or, those lines but i guess rucker yeah, howard had yeah, a like tears and rain yeah. yeah yeah so that was all him um you know just, so cool i mean yeah. and, and, and that pretty sweet line and then also seriously the standout performance of this movie i think was really uh uh sylvia hosk's uh role she's the main villain love Love. Yeah, love. Fucking L-U-V. phenomenal, man. Her performance oh, I didn't, yeah, is incredible. I didn't list her in the credits. So she had a pretty big part of this movie. She, so. she, she's the Apologize only character in the whole movie that interacts with every fucking character. Seriously. Yeah, true. She, she interacts with everybody. She's, yeah. has, she's got a scene with Leto. She's got a scene with Harrison. She's got a small scene with Anna de Armas. She's got Robin a scene Wright. with... Uh, Robin Wright. She's got a scene with you know, yeah, uh, Gosling. It's she. She's the one character that we see throughout the whole film, and that scene, probably my favorite scene of the movie, is when she's getting her fucking nails done, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and doing the. Yeah. It's so because she's using <laughs> like the, the modern goggle drone, yeah, um, yeah. you know, shit, and it, which is such a precise thing as someone is precisely doing, doing her, her nails. nails. It's just, yep. Uh, genius, genius. Totally. And right. the lighting totally of that right. was, again, phenomenal with the awesome, like, water mirrored. That was on the so walls weird, dude. The shit. watery right. lighting. Yeah, so and the whole, dope, yeah. yeah, that was uh, neat. And I guess there's, there's a lot of good scenes in this movie. Yeah. The like, sets well are crazy, crafted. too. The sets are crazy, but, like, even when 
Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford are fighting and like Elvis Presley is is playing in the yeah, background. Crazy yeah, yeah. Like just the whole idea of that <laughs> scene was was just really neat and how they executed it and how they even used the space to fight each other was fascinating. I seriously if I ever had enough money, I'm not fucking kidding. That room where Leto is kind of chilling out in with the water the and water the lighting around and stuff, it, with the, orange, and the lighting with is the, shifting with the orange and black light. I yeah. I would spend all my fucking money to have that exact same fucking room in my house. No, seriously, <laughs> same scale, same everything. I love that. Like, room was I want crazy. my whole fucking house. Would you house get those like little uh, floaty little things to float around you and look at stuff too? Sure, that why not? Go no, blind just to do right? that. Yeah. Um, there, yeah, there's just so much, man, about this film. Speaking of going blind, though, real quick, uh, I guess. He actually wore <laughs> opaque contacts yeah. to to simulate the blindness. Um, so he's actually act like when, when you see his eyes like that, that's him being blind. Yeah, you know, kind of going little little method with it, I guess. Um, yeah, and cool. Him yeah. and Love, when they first met, they met on set as characters. As oh, that's characters, a trip. So they never knew each other. Oh, that's um, funny. At first, you know. Leto's like that though, like the whole Joker thing, where yeah. he was never out of character and like yeah. you know just, yeah, just he's, weird he stuff stays like that. In character, yeah. yeah, and you know he gets a lot of flack, and a lot of people don't like him as yeah. an actor. But I like, I, don't I have a problem with him, him in this movie, yeah. like. You know, I, I, he. In fact, I wanted more of him. I wanted more of his villain, more villain. I would say that's one of the few gripes I have is that they like show him. He comes in and does these things, and then they left that story pretty much like yeah. open, non-existent. Like there was not much of a story there yeah. for him, and they didn't do anything with it. And then, yeah, they just didn't give enough to the whole him like a, first hour and a half or so. You know, you're ta- you see Neander Wallace. You know. Uh, the company uh, you know his company and and you see him of course and ryan gosling goes over and go, they go through the files and all that and there's that music right. and, it, and it has that like tuvin throat singing kind of uh mm-hmm. choral music um which is kind of like godlike, yeah. you know uh, sound yeah. and you mm-hmm. you get the the feeling that he's like a god and he's even mentioned that you know he wanted to create he's basically creating these replicants um so that they could go off into space and and yeah. explore it he's he said yeah. I've, I've, we've only been to nine worlds or whatever it is right um so you could tell he again like tyrell he's got this complex however tyrell in a way has surpassed him because he somehow he could figure out the pregnancy thing. exactly and he that's yeah. what was making making him so bitter in yeah. his drive but i wanted a little thing. bit more of that i wanted I, I wanted to see right i wanted to see leto's character go even more extreme go more fucked up on how far right. was he willing to go to get this answer instead of just sending love out well plus you know? we get no reaction that, about the, the fact that love died either right from him right yeah Right. Like nothing. One th- one thing we get off the bat is that love is the puppet, you know. Yeah. She's like a, she's a child for she's he, she 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 she's like a child that would like, "Hey mommy, look at me jump into the pool," you know. That's what she is to right. him, you know. Right. So it, what it what it feels like is that they're setting it for they're like, "Hey, we're going to make another one almost." Totally. Like, Cuz like, "Oh, the just the puppet died you know what i mean but they could easily make another puppet but like when i was sitting there in the theater i was like this is really cool you know i I really like this but leaving wallace open in the way that they did i i felt a little bit like let down by the fact that that there wasn't something that shifted that relationship you know 
like need like it seems like Wallace hasn't changed. What a At terrible all. time for the internet to like disconnect right I now. Know. Like I hope we said something and it wasn't just dead air. <laughs> God damn it, oh, dude! Oh man, what? <laughs> Look right as he was getting to his point too about it. <sighs> Come on, reconnect. Come on, internet. Sorry for technical difficulties. Oh, oh give us just shit. a second as we try to reconnect <laughs> with Jacob here because I want to hear that opinion. Um. Yeah, they did leave it. They did leave that thing open, and it was immediately noticeable that they left it yeah, open too. Yeah, in like a three-hour movie, like mm, <laughs> I don't know if you could really those. You know, I don't know. Just didn't seem right. There's um, also one. I know there's one other thing that I'd like to talk about for sure. I mean, we can. Yeah, I, I just, mean, I, I got I, extra stuff to say, but like, obviously, I kind of want to just hear the opinions. As right, well. right, right. And we got about nine minutes okay. before we hit the two-hour mark, so. And that's depending on whether or not we can even get <laughs> Jacob uh, back on. There we go. Uh, what the hell? Wait. Okay. Hold on. We're almost there. We're almost there. I no. hear. I hear you. But it's like calling, and it's like frozen. All at the same time. We'll, we'll be sure to leave this in the podcast to so the listeners. It, so it's raw for the I'm listeners. I'm so confused you know? right now. It's like this will be the final cut. Okay, well, I can hear you. So I, I can guess hear you too. I guess, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> uh, okay. So, anyways, I know what you guys said because you didn't get everything. But um, I guess what I'm saying is they, the puppet master wasn't at all affected by this movie at all. So it would have been nice if. Can you guys hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I just it's constantly ringing, like trying to <laughs> ring you. So oh, it's like calling me. Yeah. So. Let me know when you got it. End it. Just end. Okay. Wait. No. Dude, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, listeners. This is like just ringing we, in my ear. We we can just cut it. Yeah. Let's just cut. Well, we're gonna cut. And we'll be right back. All right. Sorry, listeners. We're back. Okay. So my point was um, that they are this movie. The puppet master Jared Leto's character wasn't affected at all by the events of this movie and I wish that he if they were to try to set up something that they would just either do it or not um, and I I, I, I I think that having Jared Leto be a, more affected by a choice by Ryan Gosling or Harrison Ford or something would, would have been beneficial to to the movie. Yeah, well, it, that's what I'm saying. So that we took out the puppet, but the the puppet master is really the main issue, you know, in the movie. And it would have been nice if he got something because they didn't even leave it open for like a oh he's gonna do something in the next yeah. movie or whatever, right? They just once he said you don't know pain yet, that was it. He was yeah, gone out yeah. of the movie. I wonder if they filmed more yeah. and they just kind of, you know, if they had... They probably cut it. And they cut it just because it's a long movie, you know? Um, yeah. Because they... Yeah, I think you're right. So they, you know, I'd like to think that they did. I mean, the original Blade Runner was all about... It was going to end with um, Deckard infiltrating Tyrell... Uh, or, no, it was uh, Rucker Hour and Daryl Hannah. It was, there was going to be this whole thing where they would infiltrate Tyrell and it would be like inside the middle of this like tomb and 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 tyrell was actually dead 
um but then like he had like other versions of himself and shit and and they would oh, they killed them and so i don't know it's crazy stuff like that oh but, that'd be sick yeah but then they, they changed it because it didn't quite make sense time time line wise like chronologically i forget all of everything but if you watch the if you read the commentary to the original really scott talks about it but yeah uh, right so i guess i'll just speed through what i have to say and then you said you have one more thing yeah, you want to talk thing, about yeah. and then i kind of just want to get the opinions um i, and, I have six more things well we're approaching the two hour <laughs> mark so um they're fast uh oh all angels so based. an example of of uh Vayanu's, uh, desire for practical effects besides what we said too um, a good example is in K's apartment what what you see out the window is a set so that's cool. not a mat yeah. or screen that's a set and you can tell and you can tell Pretty yeah, there's something there yeah. um, and uh, so the crew built the sets they built the, they, the models and the cars so that everything could be uh, as real as possible um, oh, and they filmed in Budapest. Hungary. And they filmed in yeah. Budapest, Hungary. Uh, like we said, mm-hmm. uh, Ridley Scott was in line to direct this movie, but he most likely backed out to do Alien Covenant. Apparently, Christopher Nolan was also considered at one point. I'm um, so glad he did. Which would have been a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> it would have. It would have. It would have been a terrible movie. It would have been It would have brought broism yeah. to <laughs> It would have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, this isn't the first sequel script for Blade for script sequel for Blade Runner, whatever. Uh, the first one was actually 1999, titled Blade Runner Down, and it was a direct adaptation of the second novel, Blade Runner 2, The Edge of Human, um, but it was ultimately ultimately rejected, and uh, the plot point for the, the birth-giving the, the birth giving plot point of 2049 is pulled from the third novel, Blade Runner 3, Replicate Night. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, just some callbacks. Interesting. Yeah, because uh, there's hmm. been, there's three sequel novels um, after... Hmm. Do Androids Dream of? Uh, I haven't read. I haven't read those. I, I, and I need to. I need to revisit. Yeah. Uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric? They get. They get flack from yeah. not being as good, but you know that's. Yeah. A different author. Too, right? They're very. They're very different. Yeah. Very different. Well, they also yeah. went with the whole Blade Runner title too. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't think Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is a great movie title. Just period. No, it's a it's a fantastic novel title. Yeah, totally. But definitely, oh, exactly. definitely not. A no, f- that's super yeah. endearing, but not for a movie. No. That, it, it almost feels like a doc. It almost sounds like I mean? a Peter Sellers movie. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. like Doctor Strangelove or. <laughs> How I stopped caring and worried about, or I learned about, to love you know, the, the bomb. Yeah, the yeah. Bomber, it, that's yeah. the type of yeah. t- title it so kind of feels like. Right. You know. Okay. All right. Let's. Yeah. What do you got to say? Let's oh, so real quick. Stuff. Um, I thought it was awesome that uh, I liked the kind of the. And this is kind of controversial, but I like not for what I'm going to say. Not what I'm about. <laughs> that's how you know. Not it's what, not I'm about to, not what I'm about to <laughs> say. <laughs> Every not, time you say that, not it's what I'm not about to say, but but it's being it's getting it's getting people talking it, the how women are portrayed in the film i actually liked how anna day armas's character joy and um ryan gosling's character kind of interact and in that relationship and the fact that she's not really a real human um and now he's not a human um but how they have a pretty good relationship um and then it's sad when you know the stick when, thing, when she when dies she gets yeah you know cr- like i thought they did that really well and i and i i actually would kind of maybe even want a little bit more of that because i wanted it to be more like heartbreaking because it wasn't really for me yeah, I, like I just, afterwards they kind of like made him emotionless ryan gosling again and it's it, like you you kind of expected I, that to just be his driving yeah, force now i wanted afterwards. him to be more broken afterwards yeah you know and then and then and then the fact that when he died at the end like 
it would have kind of been like, ambiguously more, dies. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like, I, I don't know. I like that. I I just thought that was an interesting. Uh, it's, relationship between the two and, yeah. and, and that I did like seemed, that she died. I was glad that she it died. It seemed to me <laughs> it seemed to me that she cared way more about him than she than he cared about her. Right. Which I thought was an interesting element and it, it caused it forced me to believe that he actually was human. Um, when he thought that he was human in during the movie. Because right. I was like, well, this is why he was like this with her. And then after we realized that he's actually just a replicant still, then I was like Wait, didn't oh. they imply he was a replicant from the very first scene, very first sequence when he gets smashed? No, he through says a wall? it in the first scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that's in, in I the thought. opening yeah. scene, he's like, "I'm a replicant. Right. I'm, a, I'm a newer model. Um, I don't run away." Well, yeah, and then they call him the skin job and stuff yeah, while yeah, he's yeah, going yeah. through the yeah, LP, thought, yeah, okay. LAPD. And, yeah, yeah. Which so that interrogation when, scene was when he finds awesome. out that he when he thinks that he is human is what I'm talking about because that's when she dies is they both still think he's he's is that human right he, that he's a prodigy oh oh um, right well they don't yeah. think he's human they think he's birthed from a replicant is what they're saying right or yeah yeah um which is what, which which is what I meant by okay I see what, I get what some, saying for some fucked up reason <laughs> uh that's what I meant uh so it, it him not reacting in that way made me feel like he uh was kind of being um uh i want to say racist but there's a way better term you know like he's like well she was just a robot almost you know and that's totally me projecting but um yeah i thought his like lack of reaction there was was uh was interesting and unexpected and i kind of like that yeah yeah i don't i can't say i agree with that i just not what i got from it i just i kind of thought it was just kind of like bad directing or bad editing at that point like you know just a little kind of like well you know i don't know maybe they right, just kind of like, missed that give, give him a little something because he does like watch her do it and then he like rolls over and then he's well he does like he, scream when he's gets picked up by the uh by the by the uh, replicant yeah uh force yeah like he's like freaking out and then and yelling they do cut to him laying by the fire tearing up and stuff like yeah. it's a very subtle sadness but you know with how much they kind of tried to play up that whole relationship I, you expect a I more was expecting emotive more. i was expecting more um right. reaction it's, to especially it. coming in after when he talks to rachel and he screams you know yeah. like like that moment when he realizes that that he is that he's probably the the, the the born replicant yeah you yeah know? like they, they like he like freaks out yeah. dude i love yeah. that part we, i love yeah. that scene like, yeah yeah that's the only emotion we ever get from because i was gonna say that movie. that scene he's way more emotional finding out about that than he was when joy died for sure right yeah exactly like, and then the other chicks and then you realize the other chick's emotional because that's her memory and she right. was actually the kid you know like that whole thing like uh which i thought was kind of an interesting little mix-up like and they they half allude to it kind of in that scene but then when they call back you're yeah. like oh like yeah. good yeah job. it feels so obvious after you know yeah totally it, you feel like an idiot kind of <laughs> i was like yeah. oh yeah no but that's the thing about a good mystery though is that they gave you the clues and they gave right. typically in a mystery they give they sh- even put the person who is the end product in a scene yeah. somewhere yeah and yeah. it'll they'll interact you have no with the main idea character. When you're first watching and, it. Exactly. Yeah. And then they'll drop the bomb at the Shit, end. Shit, I might fall for it again the second time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, That's how good it was. No, I that that Cinema. his reaction to that was awesome. Yeah. I thought that was a great 
you know, the, the only time in the movie where he really just blows up. Because yeah. um, even yeah. what movies you see Ryan Gosling yeah. even just blow up. Well, it reminds know, like, me of the scene in Only God Forgives where he blows up in front of the late, the, the remember they have that dinner date? Oh, yeah. And, and then she takes off the dress and he just that's, like, that's, he just, yep. you know, exactly. I was like, yeah. oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he can really take it to there when he really yeah. needs to, you know. But he never, it, most of his movies that he, ta- you know, that he, that he, plays and he doesn't he doesn't play characters that do something like right. that so it was yeah. good that no i gotta see you know we gotta see him do that again totally right. um okay so um let's jump into just some quick opinions about it because i am really curious yeah. to hear this yeah i'm curious okay. too so okay so but we gotta play the game so <laughs> oh, i forgot to write it down we, no that's all right we don't have to write it down what we're gonna do is uh let's let's have uh let's have byron go first oh, no no God. i think I'm, i'll go first because <laughs> okay. i think okay, you so two... wait so you okay so so Byron, you say are you flipping me up? No, 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 no. no, no I had to do it. So <laughs> you guys have to say what you think my which one I'll pick. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then you then you tell us. Okay. What your thoughts okay. are. And you can take as long as you want, you know, you can milk it if you want. All right. So I'm going to say that you like the original Blade Runner more. Okay. This is for Keith. <laughs> for Keith, yeah. Okay. This is tough for me because it could go both ways. Because it's a, it's, a, you, it's hard. You said because you said that you, like last night. Well, then again, it wasn't your first time seeing it though. That you didn't like. It was a rewatch last night. Yeah, that you didn't. The first time think, around, I was not into the movie. Like I really didn't like but it. This time you said, right, but, but this time you were like really stop, tired. Stop That's fishing for so clues. So I want to. I want to say twenty forty nine. You like better. All right. Oh, I shit. just insert a drum roll oh, into this. Shit. Like, drop it's the bomb. Gonna, <laughs> I think I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I, I, I like 2049 more. Oh, yeah. um, I, oh, okay. I damn it. Did like the original Blade Runner this time around? Uh, f- I definitely would say four out of five. Uh, 2049, I would say five out of five. It was definitely just like all around solid yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this time watching Blade Runner for sure was like I don't know why I didn't like it. But I really liked it. It's neo noir mystery detective, dude, which is like totally my shit. And uh, everything about it was just pretty awesome. Um, Even though I was tired and watching it, and like I, for some reason, I don't know if I got up or whatever, but just completely forgot parts of the movie. (laughs) Uh, Totally good movie. Um, But just, I don't know. And I, part of it, I think my enjoyment of 2049 over the other one was the IMAX experience. Yeah. I think that yeah. really yeah. helped push it. The sound, dude, the sound was just so good. Yeah. It was so good. And I just, every time the music Man. came on, I was just like, wow. Wow. You know? And, um, yeah, 2049, uh, definitely takes it for me for sure. Um, so let's, I want to leave Byron for last because okay. his decision is apparently going to be, it's like trying to pick your favorite child or something. It is. No, it, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah, go the hard one. with yeah. Jacob. I'm going to go. So Jacob, you'll I go next. It, I think it's pretty obvious which one, which one I like more, but uh, yeah, go for it. Was it? Wait, was it? I, I don't, I honestly, I, oh, is it not? No, no, no I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think about like, well, yeah. Do you want me to go first? Sure. This is tough, but <laughs> I think no. Seriously, I no. I think, I think, fuck. I think you're going to like. Oh god damn it! Uh, yeah, you gotta think uh, about past this whole episode. I, I think. I know. Okay, I think you're gonna like. I, you like twenty forty nine better because it has more heart. It doesn't have a lot more, but it has. I think has some more heart in it. 
Like that, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck. Um, it's interesting. Interesting uh, assessment. No, God damn it. I'm uh, defriending <laughs> I was, on I was Facebook probably, right now. I was probably defriending I was you. probably wrong. <laughs> I'm defending Nick too, just, just to stick it to the gooey. I'm gonna say the. I'm just gonna say the original Blade Runner, just because. God damn it! Oh, you know? Interesting. Why not? Oh, okay, I, no, I kind of want to no, no. do the opposite. I just want to do. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. just want to kind of pick. Okay, the other I did thing, it. Like. I get a good good job because I, I'm not gonna lie. One of these movies I hate. Really? Yeah. Like I wait. I, no. So wait. 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 Hold on. Whoa, okay. What? So if you're willing yeah. to watch 2049 in IMAX, then you must like. Like that one and not liked yeah. the original Blade Runner. Yeah. No, that's, that's... So you like 2049? <gasps> yes! Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'll start with 2049. It's an amazing movie. Uh, everything about it, it just sucks you in right away. But mostly, for me, I felt something during this movie. You know? Like, I I had feel... You know, it, it tickled my my funny... You know, my heart. It tickled my emotions, you know? Which which is kind of all I want. <laughs> I was right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the heart, yeah. Want. More heart. The eye candy. Jacob and heart. Yeah, the heart was <laughs> the heart was all in there. It it made me think about what it means to be a human. What it means to um to what it, what it means to have a parent. You know, like that. It got me to think about that stuff. It got me to think about roles when you're at work. You know, there's just so many levels of like 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 duty and like there's all these different very human things that they tackled in this movie that just made me feel awesome and got me to think about things and the visual i mean everything else was awesome but just the content itself was like this is worth i i honestly i think this could be the first like best picture sci-fi movie like i i would vote for this i i haven't seen every single movie out but it's freaking awesome. You guys are giving me blank stares. Are you guys still alive? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm listening still, to... Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to hear the, the, the hate for Blade Runner. Uh, okay, you guys are waiting for the hate. Okay, so yeah. Excellent movie. Everyone did a good job. There, it's not a perfect movie, but what movie is perfect? Um, now, Blade, Blade Runner... Now, was this uh, a rewatch of Blade Have you seen Blade Runner before? I've seen Blade Runner before. Okay, so this is, this, um, this is a rewatch. Okay. This is, yeah, it's my second time watching it. Did you it. like it the first time? Uh, I you know honestly I, I I get the importance of it I understand the the techniques and everything, um, but I just I don't get it like I don't I don't get like why people like it like honestly like I I can understand the techniques like liking the technique like how you would like man with a movie camera and all the techniques that it does yeah and, totally but yeah. like the like I don't understand how people connect with the characters or with um, really, really any of it. And uh, the biggest thing for me is 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 why it's even in the academic world at all. Because um, that is something that I don't understand. Like why this movie is heavily praised in film studies courses and academic courses, where you know, like English classes. Like, I just don't get it. Like I just and like because this this is totally. My experience of going through college where people were putting this film up on a pedestal as, like, one of the greatest films of all time. And so I it guess just it makes is kind me of film think that they don't actually watch movies. Yeah. Because it's like, why is it... Why Blade Runner? It is kind of film bro when you describe it, like, in that sense, like, how, how it is really put up there as, like, a, you know, right. a, a classic. And exactly. And that... So when I think of Blade Runner, instead of thinking about the techniques or the... 
what's so great about it, all I can think about is all the people who tell me that it's the best thing ever and I just don't think that at all. And it detaches me completely from the movie. So I can't... I'm, like, beyond even getting into it. I think that's exactly how I felt the first time. When I first watched it, I was like, okay, this movie is supposed to be amazing. Everyone says it's amazing. Let's watch it. And then I was like, this is not amazing. (laughs) Like, I don't don't get... I felt exactly like you. I was like, I don't get it. I didn't like this. Like, what am I supposed to be getting? Um, the, the difference, the in, I I agree. That's how I felt. But I felt that way from people who just tell me a movie is really good. And then I watch it. I'm like, yeah, that movie wasn't that great, you know. Yeah. But this is heavily ingrained in the academic, uh, era, like the in film studies at uh, Western Washington University, and having a teacher tell me like it just, I was like, well, I don't think this is the best thing ever made you know what i mean and but some of them thought that well and it was like i dis, i it's not yeah and i think just to i don't know the, the only thing i can think of to kind of answers that is that where the, the plot is shallow right so there's not a lot to talk about the plot but it's like it's that movie that has like all these themes and questions and when it comes to academia people love to just bullshit about themes and questions and like that's kind of all this movie is is that so like it's more more like literature in that sense you know and that's just that's just film theory it's just people wanting to oh that meant this and that you know what did the unicorn really mean you know that whole thing like and it's just it just kind of it, it kind of caters or panders to to that type of person, I think. I yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right, and I I think I'm just not that person. Yeah. Even though I was in film studies, yeah, totally, and, and did that all the time. I, I, there's just something weird about totally. it. Just so what? What would you say, star wise, to give it kind of more tangible? Oh, dude, I don't like stars. Um, I, I I I didn't connect with the movie, so I don't think I'll ever watch it again unless we do another episode on it. So I'd say probably one or two, huh? Probably that low. I yeah. I don't I don't do stars. I don't I don't like giving I don't like giving ratings to to movies cuz it's all about emotion anyways. You know what I mean? It's all about how you feel when you watch it. So how do you put a star on an emotion? I don't I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I give I just I did. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. If you don't yeah. like your stars, it's cool. I just trying, you know, just to kind of Give some idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just I think uh, saying I you like won't it. watch it again is a pretty definitive yeah. statement. I didn't, I yeah, didn't like yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just movie. don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. this is probably the big one that everyone <laughs> who's listening has been waiting yes, for. It, I, okay. I think this is what everyone <laughs> wants to hear. Okay. So, this is what I want to hear. I don't know. This is like killing uh, one of your it's, children. It, this is this is bad for me. This is really bad. Yeah. Like I on it. Uh, go ahead. I, I'm gonna oh say, I'll pick. I'll pick first this time. Okay, good. I'm going to say... Your choice might influence mine. <laughs> 2049 is is your pick. Okay. I'm, I'm going 2049. And part of it... I don't... Well, when was the last time you watched Blade Runner, the original? Uh, the day before I watched okay. Blade Runner okay. 2049. So, that, I was going to say maybe because it's fresher. I'm going to say 2049, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say that's your, well, your... Yeah, why? Why, though? Uh, I'm curious why. I don't know. Like, it's just... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> 2049, okay. dude, I don't know. I, I ha- here's, here's why I pick it. 
So Blade Runner's great uh, in Byron's eyes. (laughs) 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 Um, But Blade Runner 2049, all the things you love about the original, plus Roger Deakins, plus an amazing score, plus... um, Great performances from people. You watched it in IMAX, um, right? I did, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. And he saw it in IMAX. IMAX. One, but I think the biggest thing is that it keeps the integrity of the original film um, and builds out the universe in, in an interesting way um, that, that builds on top of what, is, what the foundation that has already been laid there. And I think Byron is... He could be in the honeymoon phase still with the movie. Uh, That's kind of what I was honestly, thinking, right? I think, yeah. I think uh, that he knows that the Matt, the the freaky deacons got in there and, and tickled his his imagery his image based brain and that's why he likes twenty forty nine. But see better. Okay, hold on. Just before you say it, you said before that your big thing with movies is tone, right? And like the emotion. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Blade Runner and the, the Vangelis t- score is really oh. and the moody lighting. Really sets a very specific tone. However, I think the fact that you were surprised by the Zimmer score and the the new score and the yeah. tone of this film, yeah, yeah, twenty forty nine. I think I just yeah, fuck it. I, yeah. You're right. No, because there is doubt, and whenever there's doubt, that means you enjoy it more. So yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, All right. insert drum roll. <laughs> and okay, so. <laughs> To be completely honest, to be completely honest, I was going to say the original Blade Runner until, honestly, until you guys just kind of thwarted my... No, seriously, <laughs> yes. influenced your opinion. No, you guys, you guys, influenced, you guys influenced my own opinion. I no was, shit. I, I, it was the Freaky Deacons. It, it really, it was. No, it, freaky oh, Deacons. Okay, so you guys honestly... It's like you almost know me more than myself, really. I was, I was not... I had no shits. I was going to say Blade Runner, the original one. Because exactly what you just brought up because the tone overall is just fantastic it's just overall kind of dark it's just overall it yeah. ends ambiguously there's no happy ending to the final cut director's cut right it's it's just it's super fucking ambiguous which i love it, in movies and it's, like all of, and it's all it's all tone. and all yeah, the tone. all the films that i've made that and in, in recently have been ambiguous. I don't want to force feed anything. Generally, I, plot or sl- not plotless, but kind but, of shallow. But basically, on the plot, almost yeah, like, yeah, very and, shallow and, and yeah, plot. And the and music it's just and about yeah. the fucking mood in the music. That's why I like Blade Runner so much. Is that every time I watch it, I can take something completely different. I could be like, I'm going to watch this movie and I'm going to view it th- purely through Edward James's almost his eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Just you know, watch it completely, or I'm going to watch it completely through Rachel's eyes, or I'm going to watch it just through Rucker Hour's eyes, or mm-hmm. Daryl Hannah's, or that's what I can do with that movie. That's why I liked it so much, or I love it so much. Is that, and that's why I was going to say the original. However, you guys have thwarted my opinion <laughs> yes. because 2049. What it does is not only is it a longer movie, which I love long movies, so I'm a super long, you know big advocate for that. I, I love how it forces the audience to go through a longer, slower pace, unlike any other Hollywood film coming out. I love that. Also, Roger Deakins has always been like him and Robert R- Richardson have been like my two favorite cinematographers ever since I knew what a cinematographer was, really. You know? Um, nice. And 
the music, like you said, I had such a high doubt with it, and because it it was it did it, it met my expectations. So because of that, it automatically just becomes better. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, totally. Um, and the fact that the film just enhances and extends everything that the original brought. It just it's just it's just amazing how they did that. However, the one reason why I was going to say another reason why I was going to say Blade Runner is I just the ending of this really rubbed me the wrong way as soon as the credit started. I was I like, thought the ending I, was a little I, weird. I I, I I I was disappointed, and I was with um, two of my friends and their uh, significant others that are also big fans of the original and I honestly thought that they were going to hate it and that I would have to fend yeah like defend it however completely agree with them on the ending because it's done what other films have done before but it's but it's the best of what it's done right uh what what do you mean in the sense of like you know just bringing like just bringing back characters and 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 trying to make a sequel right but this is like maybe possibly the best sequel ever made you know what i mean yeah like well like, i guess some people might argue empire or something but yeah right, i definitely right. think in terms of sequels it's in the upper echelon, right like, so like top in, in, in that sense but then when i when they said oh best film of all time uh or at least one of my friends said it's the best film of all time it's his favorite film of like ever uh he he, he came out just completely astonished um then I was like, oh, shit, maybe I am way too critical on it. And I had to think about it. And I, I, I couldn't go to sleep that night. And I was tired. I was tired. <laughs> you couldn't, I couldn't, you couldn't oh, sleep so, the night I, before. And I couldn't sleep the night before. <laughs> I, I, I'm dead serious. I couldn't. And I think I had like, you know, 45 minutes of sleep. Because I was just thinking the whole time. I'm like, I really had to think about the whole. And I literally replayed the whole film in my head. And I was just thinking about Leto's character. and Because that rubbed me the wrong way about how it just ended. And then I was like, it just seemed yeah. kind of cheap to me that they would end the movie on the famous song, Tears in the Rain, um, the, kind of the, the go-to song of the original Blade Runner soundtrack, and, you know, Simmer did a revamp on it. But um, Oh, I thought that was nice. Was like, which, it was nice. It was cool. It was like, oh, nice, they did it. But, but, you know, the ambiguous ending of him dying and stuff, I'm like, ah. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, I forgive that because everything else that the film did for me when it came to just extending it. So that's kind of why I have to say Blade Runner 2049 is 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 my favorite. Yeah. It really it does bother me that we don't have more time to talk about this because yeah. I did want to get toward the ending and we didn't get a chance. But I definitely it was weird Let's that they it. both fuck it. I dude, I wish we could go for another hour. Honestly, um, <laughs> I wish we could have just talked about 2049. Yeah. But it was weird that they ended both films. Well, the first one makes sense that it ended with Harrison Ford, but ending the second one with Harrison Ford. As, because to me, in filmmaking, yeah. you have two important shots. You have a lot of important shots, but your two most important, the first shot of the film and the last shot of the film. Right. Ending it on Harrison Ford was... And showing... Okay, first of all, showing Ryan Gosling ambiguously dying or not dying, and then ending it on Harrison Ford. Yeah, I, I thought it should have ended with... With Ryan and I was kind of just pissed off with the whole uh, Harrison Ford and another kid thing because the after Star Wars I I with the whole my son thing and I just I I was like really it, it was just too similar but yet the more I thought about it again I was like fuck it because Blade Runner is my science fiction film it's the one it's the one science fiction film that I 
it's my favorite. Like, yeah. I, no, nothing can right. beat that for I, me. Um, yeah. So then, I wouldn't even call Star Wars science fiction. I would just call it's it a action. space opera. Yeah, it's like a space. Yeah, yeah. space opera. Space sci- opera. A yeah. fantasy space. Uh, f- yeah, and, but science yeah. fiction like is makes you think a lot more. Than, totally. Than right. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think that the w- sequence that they cut that last that the, the the order that they cut things in that last sequence was very odd. It um, feels a little and, rushed too. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, almost but, like he was working. I think he was probably working on it like up to the end. <laughs> but it was like it was like okay, let's give Could've let's been. give him Ryan Gosling's character this whole kind of drawn out ending, where he sits down slowly, ponders about his life, whatever. And then let's cut to Harrison Ford again. Like, yeah, when Harrison Ford walked into that lab, it should have just followed him in, yeah. showed him, cut back to Gosling, done that sequence, and ended. I didn't even want to see him meet his daughter. I, I thought they I, were just going to have him walk yeah. in and then not show anything. I, I was, I was wanting like some epic shot, like a wide fucking shot of him walking into those doors, the doors closing, and just it. like the elevator scene. Exactly. And there you go. Back to Ryan Gosling. That's how I would have done it. I or guess. they could have, <laughs> they could have done a callback and had like him walk in, turn around, look at Gosling, have the doors close, right. come back to Gosling, end. Yeah. Like ending it on Ford was a very odd choice. Yeah. Yeah. And. Vanuve has said because people ask him, "Well, are you gonna have another? You know, are you gonna have another cut just because of the original Blade Runner? You know, and its legacy yeah. of having all the cuts." He's like, "No, this is it. Yeah, this is the cut. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna do a director's cut or whatever." So, like, right. this is well, the ending. Final cut. So, and like, this is what? the ending he wanted. So, like, it's yeah. it's, it's very strange. Yeah. It's very strange, and it's something that definitely when I left, I was like, I immediately was like. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. Eh, but for sure, you know, it is what it is. That, um, that's it. That's that's interesting. I I actually really like the ending, and I think maybe because I didn't like the original Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I thought I thought it was um, I thought it was a good amount of bleakness and and positivity. See, I, wa- you know? I wanted like, more bleakness. <laughs> yeah, like because like the it just it felt like it was. Um, you know, it felt like it was it was still sending a it was both sending a positive message while also kind of bl- like forgetting about the main character. You know what I mean? Right. Which which is a weird thing that happens in the movie with Ryan Gosling because he thinks he's like the prodigy. You know what I mean? And then and then he gets woken up by the uh, Android Federation Freedom Fighters, whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, which yeah. And and then he's like, oh, I'm just a normal, regular replicant. Uh, and then it's kind of like an extra stab to him as a regular replicant. That all right, your your part of the story is over. Now it's uh, back to these kind of important uh, people, you know, that are there. And I thought that was like extremely powerful uh, because he is this just regular old replicant that had this crazy movie moment um so that's i didn't i didn't mind that and i thought the ending helped heighten that idea a little more um than if ending it on gosling the whole rebellion thing kind of pissed me off too. Yeah, that was one of those things where they kind of put in a plot and then didn't really do anything with yeah. the plot, and then yeah, like but it's been done before too. The whole yeah. rebellion thing. I mean, come on. Yeah, it felt yeah, it felt like uh, like Terminator. Right. You know? It was like, oh, we're gonna fight the oh, not term like the opposite of Terminator, but still like this. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. But 
it's kind of like they make a third one. Which they will. And you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they didn't dive into, like, a war film at the end. Like, I was nervous about that going in. I was like, I hope they... Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. I yeah. liked how... Because I was like, uh-oh, they're gearing up. And I was like, oh, okay, thank God, they're just sending him off. Because that's what I liked about the first one, was that there were no battle scenes. They were All the fights were between individual characters. Yeah. Which, yeah. which, when the ending scene of... Uh, love fighting you know I, I i liked it because it was very it seemed very um uh, personal you know yeah and hell hell of a scene yeah like what a yeah, crazy two guys scene. fighting yeah. with yeah. water and harrison ford is drowning and it's like they're fighting against time they're fighting against each other you know I mean, and oh what a great I mean, scene the, the fact like when i watch i was watching it too and i'm like i, I it as you guys probably were too as the filmmakers, you know, we're probably like, "Holy fuck!" They're 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 yeah. they're they're the lights and water, yeah. like that combination of lighting yeah. and water. Like, how yeah. the fuck did they do that? And just having the camera guys and and, and sound guys in IMAX the water, cameras and stuff in right. the okay. water. I'm IMAX like, nobody cameras. else is really probably you know when they're watching, they're thinking about like the how. Uh, like the production, the production, and I'm just like yeah. on a technical level. Even insane, though it's dude. just like this fight scene, it, it, I I was just like, it was more not, epic like, than like a lot of epic, yeah, fights. Yeah, oh my gosh, you know what I mean. I just I, I just was like, wow, people totally. <laughs> and then if you look at it was an excellent scene. look yeah. at the behind the scenes of Dunkirk, and you can see what IMAX cameras for that are designed the, the for size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. for water. Like the water casing for those yeah. cameras is ridiculous, and but, they shot that whole scene. In, but in, but they didn't shoot with IMAX cameras. They shot with the Ari, uh, Ari Alexa M, and then the Ari. Alexa, oh, uh, for those stuff, for those scenes, for, for the whole movie, they only shot two film, two with two cameras. They didn't use IMAX. No, they didn't use IMAX, but they shot it in the format. The the they shot it in the one eight five format. Oh, in the in the ratio. Are you ratio. sure in, in that, that dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, uh, Roger Deakins basically only shoots an Ari, like that's his go-to. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. No, that's yeah. why I didn't go see yeah, an IMAX. Because I want to see. I was it was like this is an Ari it's Alexa. The Ari, Ari Alexa M and the Ari Alexa yeah. something rather uh, with in ah. the only and I want to say the only used like four different lenses or some shit. Yeah, oh, interesting. Well, I'll have to thing, double check during, that. Yeah. Check that because going back to that scene. And just the impressiveness of it. One thing I was thinking and, and watching for was Harrison Ford in the water. Because I was like, that guy's old. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, those way, when they're swimming back, I was like, I know that can't be Harrison Ford swimming because he's old. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, but where is he? You know? And even just being in that much water when you're that age, that is... That's some hard yeah, work. He's stu- they had some, a lot of stunt dedication. They had a lot of stunt doubles for him, though, like for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. The 100%. Ari Alexa XTM and the Ari Alexa XT Studio, both with Zeiss Master Prime lenses. Of course. Um, so aspect ratio was 190 IMAX version, and then the regular versions, to, you know, the typical <sighs> That's 239. Really weird. That's really God, weird. Fuck me, dude. Um, I got to go watch really it again. But, however, the sound was. 12 track digital sound IMAX 12 track and then IMAX 6 track that's really interesting that's Dolby awesome. Atmos huh. huh 
Uh, I wonder mm. how IMAX. I guess they don't really care because it made money for them regardless because they could brand it as IMAX. But and it's funny. Money. And they they did the Ari Raw three point four K source format, which I was doing. I was reading the specs on the War for Planet of the Apes, and they did that like it was like six or eight something K source format, which I was like, fuck. Three point four <laughs> is really small too. Yeah, for the IMAX. Yeah. Huh. That's really odd. That's a, kind yeah, of a trip. 8, 8K is ginormous. So it says, yeah, it'll yeah. fuck you the up. The printed film format, 70 millimeter horizontal IMAX DMR blow up. Hmm. Wow. Well, they they they, they fooled they, me. They did. They they, yeah. Me. No. Yeah. No. They did a super good job with huh. it. I didn't even cool. think about that though, because I honestly, until you brought it up, I was like, wait, that's right. They didn't even film with IMAX cameras, uh, <laughs> right? Because we talked about it before on the podcast. I think we talked about Ari Alexa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This being shot on that. Huh. Okay. Fair crazy. enough. This, this is crazy, uh, yeah. One, one other little factoid I kind of want to end on. Uh, I guess there's a point when uh, when they're fist fighting in the Elvis scene where Harrison Ford actually punches Ryan Gosling in the face, and it's in the film, uh, and yeah. someone did a freeze frame of it, and you can actually see Gosling's face be like, like in that weird, <laughs> like, oh, I've just been punched freeze frame um which i thought yeah. was hilarious. and to make up for it i guess they like shared a bottle of whiskey and, and yeah. he said sorry and yeah, yeah, yeah. right because you could see um, harrison ford like oh yeah God, no his face too was like whoa <laughs> that's, that's gotta be my favorite picture of the year yeah totally uh, totally cool okay so when we uh, when we send this out we should post that we should oh yeah this podcast because yeah, that would be a good image that would, that's actually that's how awesome. we feel watching blade runner oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> okay uh we are way over the time that we tried to agree on that we'd stay to so let's wrap it up um, as yeah Byron <laughs> takes so long to pick answers <laughs> oh, this is as much as I would like love to you know continue talking about this movie this uh, this this opinion might be controversial. Yeah. I, think, I, think this, I think this was one of the. I liked the new film. I think this was one of the best. <laughs> one of the best episodes we've had in a while, though. I think uh, it was definitely just one as, of our most. Just like good. a back and forth, good. you know. Yeah. It was good. Uh, yeah. To the point where we really just didn't even have enough time to talk. Yeah. about I, I really wish we could just talk about twenty forty nine. I would. I could talk all day about yeah. twenty forty nine. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go watch it again. No, yeah. Do it. Do it. Right. Do it. It's yeah. it's a great experience. Yeah. I recommend any anyone who for some reason listened to this episode and didn't watch the film. Go watch it. Time gave away some big shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, okay. Or or don't watch it and give us five stars. Or just give us five stars regardless of what you do. Or in give life. us the money that you were going to spend on the oh, ticket to us. Yeah, and I'll go see it. I like it. Yeah, and we will put it into the podcast. There you yeah. go. Plus tax. Don't forget yeah. tax. Thousand percent tax. Um, <laughs> and okay. get some popcorn. Yeah. Get some popcorn. Uh, okay. So if you have any questions, topic suggestions, opinions, or if you have any fact corrections, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. We're always trying to learn new things, so we'd love to hear from you. You can also visit our Facebook page, join our group to comment on or discuss this week's episode or past episodes. All of those episodes can be found on iTunes and at soundcloud.com slash btbfilms. If you like the show, please, please, please rate it um, and leave a comment on iTunes because it helps move up move, move us up on the list um so others can hear us or so others can listen to the show uh it's Do it's what? really just yeah that's really the key so please any listeners please 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 uh if you like us do it yeah. even if you don't like us just jump onto itunes and, and say something uh our intro and outro music uh was composed by curtis skinner who can be found at skinnyproducing.com fuck off skinner <laughs> <laughs> 
You were waiting all episode to drop that. You said that at the very yes. beginning, oh, and you were waiting all was, episode honestly, to drop Honestly, as that. soon as I, what, I went in the theater, I was like, I'm saying that. <laughs> that said, is, in the theater when I saw oh, it, I was like, yep, that is the that's going perfect in. Like, bookend. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome, Skinner. <laughs> Fuck if he up. even listens. Uh, next week. Skin job. Skin job. Next week, we'll be covering King Kong 1933 and Kong Skull Island. I'm pretty sure that's what he picked. Uh, with our first special or guest. <laughs> or what? Well, we're, Are we trying to. It's a mystery. Yeah, he wanted it to be a mystery. Oh, I didn't know what? that. Okay. Oh, wait, did you say who it was? No. No, I just said... Uh, well, I mean, or non-binary or whatever, right? <laughs> Either yeah. way, the two films, King Kong 1933 and Kong Skull Island, <laughs> were picked by our guest. Uh, so definitely check those films out uh, to, you know, be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye, bye.